What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 145, and it's another one of our revisited series, as it were. Uh, Every few months we go back and we take another look at one of the big blockbuster games that we covered in the infant days of the podcast when we had even less of an idea about what we were doing than we do right now. Uh, We've already revisited Super Mario World, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Mario RPG, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time. And this week, the iconic, beloved, friendship-ruining Nintendo 64 classic GoldenEye 007 joins that group. And I mean... What, what can I say, guys? It's, it's GoldenEye. It's GoldenEye 007. I cannot imagine that there's very many people listening to this show right now that didn't grow up playing GoldenEye. And I certainly can't imagine that anybody listening to this show hasn't at least heard of GoldenEye. From the, from the killer campaign to the wicked awesome multiplayer to the rumble pack to trying to beat the facility in like eight seconds or whatever the fuck it was you had to do, the memories are just flowing on this episode. And my guest this week, returning to the show, is my good buddy and fellow comedian, Mr. David Ray. And holy fuck, did we have a good time going back to the summer of 1997 and talking GoldenEye 007. I think you're going to like this one. I got a good hunch. I got a good feeling about this episode of the show. And we're going to get there in just a minute because speaking of things that I think you're going to like, it is time once again for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the show, and it seems like more and more people are new to the show every single week, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, Our intros are usually pretty long, but they're fun. We talk video games, we talk stuff like that. They're a good time, so I recommend giving them a shot. This is like the appetizer before the steak. It's the matzo matzo sticks. That's what the intro to this show is. It's the matzo sticks of podcasts, uh, or at least of this podcast. Uh, Huge thank you to everyone that's ordered some of our merchandise since it went live a couple of weeks ago. Very much appreciated. If you haven't seen it yet, we have hoodies, t-shirts, women's tank tops, coffee mugs. Uh, You can find it at rememberthegamepodcast.com. It is a great way to support the show. And of course, the easiest way to support the show is to join us on Patreon. And I mean, I'm biased, but for my money, it is the best deal in the history of the universe. I Yeah, no, I'm going to stick by that. I think it is. Uh, And just quickly, on the note of the Patreon... I'm, I'm working on a plan right now. I'm gonna We're going to be adding to it in May, as, as of the end of April. Um, not to say don't sign up now or anything. I'm just saying there's, val- there's already value out the ass. Uh, but I'm going to be rolling out a plan in the next couple of days where we're adding a third Patreon tier. There's going to be more podcasts. There's going to be access to video versions of Expansion Pass, Game Patch, and The Rambling Idiot. If you'd like to see my stupid face, they'll have like the screw-ups and kind of like a pre-show where I'm getting ready attached to them. Uh, so I'll be posting about all that in the next couple of days if you are interested but the two dollar tier our cheapest tier the easiest tier the most affordable tier the entry level patreon tier remains unchanged you get so much for just two dollars us every month you get to help pick games we cover on remember the game you get access to our discord you can send in comments to be read on all of my podcasts including playing the prestigious play one remake one erase one and of course the main event you get a ton 
of additional podcasts. You'll get access to my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday morning, all the biggest news in the world of PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, etc. You'll also get access to Expansion Pass every Sunday, which is, for my money, the crown jewel of the of the library. I do game rankings. I talk about, I, I review current games. I, I do stuff like this past weekend. Uh, we talked about, what did we talk about this past weekend? I know. Oh, right. We talked about what we would do if we were in charge of PlayStation. That's what it was. I, fuck me. I've had a lot of coffee. Um, there's like, there's, I think there's over 60 bonus podcasts waiting for you right now. And like I said, this past Sunday, we, we, we pretended we were in the big chair at PlayStation. What would we change? Cause I know they're kind of going through some turbulent waters right now, at least as a, from a PR perspective, uh, and the rest of the world. Uh, and as is becoming tradition, I'm going to give you a quick sneak peek of last Sunday's episode of expansion pass, which was episode 55. What would you do if you were in charge of PlayStation. Check out this sample. As a consumer, forget being PlayStation, as a consumer, I would rather PlayStation offer me a ton of these legacy titles in one place for a subscription fee than sell them to me individually on the PSN. Selling them individually on the PSN is a uh, worst case scenario for me. I would prefer to see them in a subscription service. And if you add these retro games to the PlayStation now, like some of you mentioned, that drastically improves the value of PlayStation now. It's night and day. I've looked at PlayStation now and it intrigues me. But I'm like, I don't want to have to stream fucking games. And there's no PS1 games. And there's like five PS2 games. You take a mountain of PS1 games, a mountain of PS2 games, PS3 games, PS4 games. Make them all. And I want to stress this. Make them all downloadable. Do not make me stream these fucking games. Put all these games on there. And I don't expect every PS1, PS2, PS3 game on there. But get the big title. Spend some money. So that was last Sunday's podcast. And then for this weekend, episode 56, we're going to do a game review. Uh, I think I'm going to review Pac-Man 99 for the Nintendo Switch. I know a lot of you guys are digging it. Some of you have been asking about it. I've got a few wins now. I'm getting a strategy. I like it the more I play it. Uh, so I, And it's free. If you have a Nintendo Online membership, it's a free game. So I think that's what we're going to do for episode 56. It's been a little while since we did a game review. I don't have to worry about spoilers or anything. I am going to spoil the fuck out of Pac-Man 99, but that'll be available this Sunday. So again, two bucks gets you all that. And in addition to all those other perks, you also get a shout out on the show and you get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Ferrer, El Sock, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Astral Soul, Shannon Willis, and Scott Roseberry. Thank you all so, so much, and welcome to Remember the Game Industry. So you can find all that information at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. I'm just one little unemployed comedian in his spare bedroom trying to stand up against some of the video game podcasts, the biggest video game podcasts in the world. So your support means more to me than you could possibly imagine. Uh, we have a P.O. box. You can find our address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you just want to shoot me a postcard or a letter or something, I'll send you a postcard back and we'll be friends. Uh, and as always, I stream on Twitch. I always forget to, I don't know if I always forget to bring that up or not. But anyway, I stream on Twitch Tuesday and Wednesday Wednesday evenings and then Saturday afternoons. So if you just follow me over there, it's completely free. Go to twitch.tv and look for member the game, not remember, 
member the game and it'll tell you whenever I log in and you can come by and I spend just as much time arguing with the chat as I do actually playing the game and it's lots of fun and that's enough blowing myself let's blow some cartridges blow some of you guys it is our opening segment to the show I read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and as I said we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit all right, let's blow, and uh, and our first blower this week is Candido. That's a new name to me. And Candino says, Hey, Adam, newbie Patreon here from Toronto, and if you've heard anything about Ontario in the news lately, you probably know what a shit show it is here. I discovered your podcast on Spotify during our second lockdown, and it's been my saving grace away from the vile, steaming heap of confusion and frustration that we're dealing with. My favorite episodes, hands down, have got to be your top 10 lists. Those episodes alone are worth a Patreon subscription. I get so amped up whenever you play a clip of music from each game before announcing the pick. Thank you, Candido. Uh, I was wondering if you've thought about doing a top 10 list of games you'd like to see ported to the Nintendo Switch. I finally acquired a Switch myself after pausing from gaming for a few years, and there are so many titles I can think of that I'd love to revisit. If you've already done this and I missed it, my apologies. I'm steadily making my way through the backlog. My sincerest thank yous for keeping me sane during these most blurst of times. Excited to see what else to come over the course of the year first of all candido thank you for the kind words second of all thank you for the support and third of all phenomenal pull on dropping the blurst of times that is fucking that's well done uh that's actually a, a great idea we have not done uh a 10 games that we'd like to see ported to switch but i think we i know we have a lot of switch players in the community and uh that's a fucking i mean i i keep a list in my phone of ideas for expansion pass and i've got about a year and a half worth of ideas in there right now. But I think I'm going to add that one to the pile because, I I mean, that's a, yeah. I, I have to imagine most of our listeners that are Switch owners are like that. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm sure everyone, everyone, everyone that enjoys playing on the Switch has at least one game that they would like to see ported over to the Switch. So, yeah, we'll definitely do that down the road. Thank you for the suggestion and the support. And just for the record, just to get it out of the way, my number one game right now that I would like to see ported to the Nintendo Switch probably monster train which is a card combat game that i've been playing a little bit of on xbox game pass but i just really like games like that portably i would rather play it on in my lap than play it on my big tv like i'd rather do it while i'm watching baseball or something so monster train is probably the number one game that i'd like to see ported to switch right now but that's a good idea we're gonna cover that for sure thank you candido and stay safe out there in toronto land and look out for the leafs because they are disgusting uh that's for you hockey fans that's the canadian in me and it's funny Another thing that happened this week in Blowing in the Cartridge is we got a lot of comments um, about what you want to see more of on the show. And it just happens to be like they come in bunches sometimes. And I have three of them here that I'd like to rip through really quick. Uh, Explode Processing wrote in and said, Admiral Hot Dog. And it took me a minute to catch that, Explode, but you put my name in Admiral. That's fucking, that's genius. I like that. I am the Admirable, Admiral of here, Admiral. Fuck, I suck. Uh, Explore Processing said, The 32X needs some love. There are some good games for the, quote, platform, like WWF WrestleMania The Arcade Game, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Mortal Kombat 2, Calibri, Knuckles Chaotix, and Virtua Racing Deluxe of the 40-ish games that are on the system. Anything else is a steaming pile of stiff left socks. Might be worth a 32X versus SNES versus Genesis sort of deal for the first three. Uh, well, thanks for writing in explode. I actually, I gotta be honest with you. I have, (laughs) I swear to God, I have never played, held, or I don't think even physically seen 
a 32X game, like a physical game itself, or the 32X adapter for the Genesis, any of that in my lifetime. So um, I'm not going to say we'll never cover a 32X or like a Sega CD game, but just, yeah, that's a down. I got so many Genesis and Dreamcast games already. You guys are yelling at me to catch up for. Uh, but yeah, okay. If, if 32X is something, uh, is it? You know what? I'll tell you right now. I'll cover the 32X over what this next person asked for. Make Mallow Shift Money wrote into us on Patreon and said, Hey, Blankster, you ever going to review some Sega Saturn games? You'd be a lot cooler if you did. No. Uh, and then uh, Ninja... <laughs> Ninja Lunchbox 70. I just, okay, quit. <laughs> I hope that came across as funny to you guys as I think it is. No. Um, we have this growing group within our community, and I, I've labeled them the Saturnians. And uh, they're Sega Saturn fans that just won't, they're like fucking, I don't want to call you herpes, but because that's a little much, but it's like, they're like, they're like lice. And they just won't go away, and they just keep, bugging me and they just they want sega saturn games cover some sega saturn games play some sega saturn games here's the thing for all you sega saturn fans and actually quite frankly the same answer applies to you as applied to explode processing with the 32x with the difference being that uh i'm not going to be as rude to, to explode over the 32x as i am to you fucking saturnians i don't have a sega saturn i don't have access to your sega saturn games and you're the very vocal minority that even wants those there's like eight of you everyone that i feel like everyone that ever owned a sega saturn has found their way into this community and now they're just lice to me they're just bothering me and you won't just leave me alone i feel like homer and you guys are bart and lisa bugging me if asking me if we could go to mount Splashmore. and the answer is no and i understand that homer eventually caved and said sure he'll take them to mount Splashmore. i'm not taking you guys to mount Splashmore. So I, honestly, the thing with 32X and Saturn is I like to play stuff with at least the right controller. I know I could emulate it, but I like to play stuff with at least an accurate controller and get an accurate feel for it. And I know the 32X, if I'm not mistaken, I use my Genesis controller, but um, they're, they're just, if I ever look at something like that, it'll be a long time down the road because I, we still have so many games on the main, the main line. And I say this without it being a dig, but the successful and I don't mean it the way it sounds, but we have so many games on like the successful consoles that I have to get to still that if we get to 32X, Sega Saturn, the, the, the freak systems, it'll be a long time down the road, just for the record. All right. Just, to, just so it's out there. I've made my, st I've, I've put my heels into the ground and I have taken a stance and made my stance on this clear. And now it's officially out there for press releases, etc. And then finally, Ninja Lunchbox 79 wrote in and said, How about some more handheld love? With the recent release of the NGPC collection on Switch, you have a wide range of very awesome games. Just don't pick anything from the Game Gear or the Atari Lynx. Horrible handhelds with horrible games. Dude, I've never seen a Lynx. I did, I did, I have played a Game Gear. And I actually thought the Game Gear was kind of cool until I realized that it took 12 batteries to turn on. And then by the time you got past the title screen, you had to replace the batteries. Um, we are probably going to add more game. Uh, the problem is I haven't played a lot of Game Boy Advance games. And for the Game Boy, like we've covered Pokemon Red Blue. We've covered Tetris. We've covered Link's Awakening. Like we've covered a lot of my personal favorite. We covered Super Mario Land. We have an episode in the upcoming weeks planned 
uh, about a couple more Game Boy games. So we are slowly trickling them in. I just haven't played a lot of them. So that's the problem is I need to find time to play more. But I'm not nearly as anti-handheld as I am Sega Saturn. And I'm, oh yeah, and I'm not, okay, no. I'm not nearly as anti-handheld as I am 32X. And I'm nowhere close to anti as anti-32X as I am anti-Sega Saturn. All right? So there, a whole bunch of you wrote in about that and I wanted to quickly address them. A couple more comments here. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before we move on, Ryan Bayshore wrote into us on Patreon and said, I always love the concept of lock-on technology, like what Sega did with the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. You could lock in past Sonic titles and modify the games. It was kind of like old-school DLC for 90s kids, but cooler because it was a surprise. No stupid internet description beforehand that spoils it. It amazes me that no other companies really took advantage of this approach, and I've always wondered why. Even Sega themselves didn't. The Super Game Boy for the SNES is conceptually better, but it runs more as a pass-through than a directly interacting with the game. It could have been cooler, I think, but I'm interested how other people feel about it. You know what, Ryan? I actually... Oh, boy. We recorded the Sonic 3 Sonic and Knuckles episode, fuck me, like two years ago. I think that episode was in like the 30s or so, and we're in 145 now. But I want to say on that episode, I kind of said the same thing. I definitely feel like that was kind of like the first DLC was to buy that. Um that second cartridge and drop it in and then be able to play as knuckles in sonic 2 and stuff like that uh but i always thought that was really cool as well as a nintendo kid i remember seeing the sonic 3 sonic and knuckles uh package where you could drop sonic 3 into sonic and knuckles and then get access to this whole other character and stuff and and i'll admit it as a nintendo diehard you could color me jealous i was i was like dude Where's like the Mario game where I could plug Super Mario World into this game and then play Super Mario World as fucking Link or something, you know? I, I always thought it was a really cool idea and uh, I'm honestly not entirely sure why they didn't do more of it. Like it's, um, I mean, I have to assume that maybe they just decided it wasn't worth it feasibly, financially. Maybe they were, <laughs> it's so ironic though, eh? Because let's say Sega thought that. Let's say Sega decided like this is just, it's too, we can't do that. People are just gonna be pissed off. Then they went out and released the Sega CD, the 32X, the fucking Tower of Terror adapters for the Sega Genesis to try to add to them. Why not just do it for more games? I would have loved to have seen that with cartridge-based games back in the day if that had been the first DLC. And quite frankly, I think had those companies known what DLC would be in the future, maybe they would have done more of those lock-on cartridges back then as kind of like DLC for those old games. So I agree with you. I think that it was a really cool idea and I would have loved to have seen more of it myself, Ryan. Plus, I just thought the games looked cool. Sega th or Sonic 3 plugged into Sonic and Knuckles plugged into the Sega Genesis. I just thought that looked dope until you add all the other fucking shit underneath and stuff like that. Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, Good day to you, Adam, and I hope life is treating you well. And by the sound of it, it is. It's okay, Johnny. I'm still alive. I can't complain. Uh, Johnny says, so I'm replaying Skyrim for my first time since the Xbox 360 on my Nintendo Switch, and as a diehard fan of this series, it has me thinking about the future of the franchise. The question I pose to you is this. Each game focuses on a different region of Tamriel. Tamriel? I hope I'm saying these right. I'm going to fuck up some words in here, by the way, I promise. Uh, Johnny says, each game focuses on a different region of Tamriel, exploring the history and lore and building on both each release. What province would you like to see focused on in the next game, and what region do you think they're actually going to focus on? I believe Hammerfell is going to be the appropriate setting uh, to follow canon, but man, I really want to see one of the animal classes get their day in the sun. That's either the cat-like Khajiit land of Elsewire... <laughs> fuck or the reptilian like argonian land of black marsh aka argonia brother i am a diehard argonian fan and the idea of traversing around these 
the around those post-slavery era tropical poisonous impenetrable swampland searching for those sentient hiss trees and learning uh, more about the different lizard people tribes and their loose integration into the empire would just make for a stellar backdrop with a visually stunning and incredibly dangerous world to play in black marsh all the way johnny thank you for writing in first of all to all you people that are writing into the show i greatly greatly appreciate it and i understand the passion for your folklore and for your games but you got to remember who you're writing into okay this isn't colin's last stand this isn't kind of funny this isn't ign this isn't kotaku this isn't one of the big companies this isn't even retronauts where the hosts seem to know how to pronounce words that are longer than three syllables this is adam blank who grew up in fucking alberta and learned how to dance to cadillac ranch instead of learning about things like how to do my taxes that's a throwback to one of my comedy jokes i i these big words some of you write in with these giant fucking word they like they, they sound super impressive until i try to read them and i feel like sometimes you guys just do it to see how many times you can fuck me up in a two paragraph email all right take it easy on me just say hey adam i know that i'm playing skyrim skyrim's fun which land do you like i can say all those words once you start hammerfell is okay but then the Khajiit land of Elswire, the reptilian Argonian land, the Argonian fan, the, the, the tropical poisonous impenetrable swamp land searching for those sentient histories and fuck me. I'm not making fun of you, Johnny. I'm saying that I can't pronounce these words. Take it easy on me, please. And to answer your question, to be honest with you, I have like 90 or 100 hours in a Skyrim on my Switch, but as I talked about on the Skyrim episode of Remember the Game, I didn't really pay that much attention to the land or the lore i was kind of the wandering idiot who just liked exploring and walking around so if you ask me which of those lands i want to see the next game focus on i i swear i don't know any of them i really don't i didn't like i i know so little about the story and lore of that game it's not even funny having said that my character was one of the reptiles i went with the reptile character because i thought it looked cool so if you're talking the rep you said the reptilian like argonian land of black marsh if that's the lizards and it's like a swamp and it's poisonous and stuff like that that would probably be my answer because that sounds because i i like those characters and that was the the build that i went with oh my god those were so many big words i'm just i'm not i'm not the sharpest spoon in the drawer you guys uh okay and then one more letter it's letter time it's letter time and this one comes in from dan wagner and dan says I just saw that Sony is keeping the PS3 and PS Vita stores open after all. Do you think they're just trying to save face after all of the shit that they've come up with recently? Dan, I was going to talk about this on Game Patch this week, and I will talk about this on Game Patch this week, but to be honest, yes, that's 100%. It's one of two things. Either A, Sony really did intend to shut them down, took shit from everybody, and then changed their mind. It was like, okay, never mind. We won't, we won't shut them down. Or B, they knew all along that people would shit on them, and they just did this to try to get people to buy games on the PS3 or PS Vita, and then turned around. And I would like to think that it's A, and frankly, I'm not going to give them enough credit that they thought of a plan as sinister as B, so I'm going to go with the first one that yes they really did plan to shut these stores down everybody yelled at them and they did a 180 or i guess maybe it could be that they do want to roll some of those legacy titles into playstation now or put them on the psn on the ps5 or something and they're just realizing it's not going to be as easy as they thought so they're trying to buy themselves some more time my hope i was texting my buddy chris about this um 
and he brought it up first and I agree with him because I had thought the same thing. I hope people didn't go out and spend a ton of money on PS3 and PS Vita games thinking that they would never get another chance to buy them. And then the fucking 72 hours after they spent the money, we're told, oh, hey, by the way, never mind. Those games are going to be around forever. Don't worry about it. It's all good. I hope that's not what happened. And I, and I, hopefully people were waiting for a closing out sale and then they were going to stock up and buy a whole bunch of games. You know, and you didn't just go buy a bunch of games you didn't actually want. You just bought them because you thought they were going away. But either way, just like, what a fucking mess for Sony. Like, we'll get into more of it on Game Patch this week. But just, <laughs> fuck me, man. You're like, well, people don't want backwards compatibility. We're closing these stores. And then everyone was like, hey, we want backwards compatibility. So then you were just, like, you just make yourself look dumb. That's all it is. And I make myself look dumb quite often. I know all about that. I just did it with Johnny CCDC's fucking comments. So... Uh, thanks, Dan. Thank you. I agree with you, though. They're just trying to save face. That's going to do it for this week's Blowing in the Cartridge. Thank you to everybody that wrote in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's shift gears and let's get into our smash hit segment here on Remember the Game. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the official theme music for our show. Uh, the rules are simple. You all know it by now. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is erased from time forever. And for this week, considering we're talking about a good movie game in GoldenEye 007, I decided to go with the movie video game edition of the show. And our contenders this week are The Lion King for the Genesis or the Super Nintendo. I went with Genesis, but whatever. Uh, the Lion King, Willow for the NES, and Spider-Man 2. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. And actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that because there is a fucking wrong answer this week. And I'm going to get there in just a second as well because there's a couple of you that are now officially on double secret probation. And we'll fucking get there in just a second. Let's start this thing off. Raul wrote in. And said, I think I would play Willow. I played a little bit of it back in the day and remember it was a lot of fun. I wouldn't mind playing it in its original form. I would remake The Lion King and really just lowering the damn difficulty a little bit would suffice. And then I would erase Spider-Man 2. It was a fun game, but the new Spider-Man games make Spider-Man 2 seem almost archaic. Uh, yeah, you're not. All right. That's see. Good start to play one, remake one, erase one. Well, I may not agree with your order, Raul, your fucking logic all around is solid and i love the idea that the <laughs> that we're remaking the lion king and all we're changing is the difficulty we're like other than that it's fine we don't need to change the game or anything just make it easier i can respect that and as much as i love spider-man 2 because and i'll fucking get there in a second uh you're right the new spider-man games make it feel old so to me it's either a remake or an erase that's just me though all right uh derek J jane john jane derek J. we'll go with that derek J wrote in and said, easiest one ever. Remake Willow. That game was amazing, but it was unfortunately tied to an IP that didn't get the love it deserved. As an 80s kid, I remember when Willow was supposed to be the next big thing, but the movie flopped at the time and the game was overlooked. I would keep Spider-Man because its competitor is the absolute bullshit of a shit show game known as The Lion King, which only existed to make money for Blockbuster or whatever other local rental places existed in the 90s. Fuck Simba, fuck Scar, and fuck that dog shit game. I <laughs> I like that. I, I like the rage. I can get on board with that and because uh, I feel that way about a lot of games myself. And that's, yeah, I don't agree with you, Derek, but sound logic all around. Remake Willow, play Spider-Man because it's fun, and then get rid of Lion King because it's, uh, it's, it's bullshit. 
I'm not saying it's complete bullshit, but it, there's some bullshit tendencies there. I could get undertones, as it were. It's got a little, it's got that, that bullshitty aftertaste. Uh, Chris Fe- Freeman wrote in and said, this one's easy for me. I'd erase The Lion King. I never cared much for that one. I'd remake Willow because I'd love to see the world of that movie fleshed out more than on the NES. And I remake Spider-Man 2 because I haven't played the new ones and I have no clue what I'm missing. Okay, Chris, first of all, you really should play Spider-Man on the PS4 because it's really, really good. But, 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 if you're going to play Spider-Man 2, which is based on the movie, which is really good, fuck you haters. I'm fucking, I'm going to get to you. Uh, play it before you play Spider-Man on the PS4. Because, yeah, once you play Spider-Man on the PS4, going back to the Spidey 2 is going to be rough. So get it out of the way early. I, I Yes, get it out of the way early. Uh, Lee Spilling wrote in and said, I would play Spider-Man 2. It was okay, in my opinion. I would erase Willow. I don't know what the fuck it is. Not interested. Fuck it off. <laughs> now I'd remake Lion King. It was a good game back in the day and would imagine it would look amazing as a third-person open-world safari game. Listen, Lee, I love the idea of your remake of Lion King, but you got read on the show this week. <laughs> I would erase Willow. Don't. I'm reading this verbatim from Lee's comment. I would erase Willow. Don't know what the fuck it is. Not interested. Fuck it off. I... <laughs> I don't know why that just hit me right in the funny bone. I fuck it off. I like that. I like that a lot. Well done, Lee. Uh, a sharp J wrote in and said, I always enjoy this segment on the podcast and I'm glad to be able to participate. Well, I'm glad to have you, Jay. Jay says, here's my list. I'd play the Lion King. This was a solid 16-bit platformer. I played it on the SNES growing up and it has graphics and music that hold up today, but that antelope level can jump out onto a freeway and get hit by a trailer. Uh, I've heard a lot about that. I've never played that game, but I've heard a lot about that antelope level. Uh, Sharp J continues. I'd remake Willow. This is what I believe was a true hidden gem on the NES, a really fun action RPG that could use a fresh coat of paint. And I'd erase Spider-Man only because I've never played it on PS2 and we have the awesome PS4 Spider-Man to fall back on anyway. So that's, all right, I can get on board with that. If you're going to erase Spider-Man, that's a reasonable take. And I gotta say, Willow is an underrated, like... I, I played that game as a kid myself, and uh, I do think they could make something good out of that today. So, yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks for playing, Jay. Play again. I have no reason to yell at you. That was sound logic all around. Well done. Almost too sensical to be part of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. Uh, a couple more here, and then and then we'll get to the right answer. Fake McHugh says, Spider-Man 2, wipe off the spider webs because I'm going to play it. Willow could use a spit shine with more Mad Martian. And the Lion King has already been remade, and I didn't like it, so I'm going to toss it off the cliff like Scar. You don't never fucking throw shade. Oh, no, wait. I, I, okay, all right. I was going to say, I'm taking that as you're throwing Scar off the cliff. But no, you don't ever throw Scar off the cliff. Scar threw fucking the dad off the cliff. Oh, spoilers, I guess. I can't remember. I haven't seen Lion King in a long time. But I like Scar. So, all right. Well done, Fake McHugh. And yeah, and you didn't erase Spider-Man, so you're okay in my books. John DeShazo. I like that name, wrote in. Off the bat, I see myself playing favorites since Spider-Man is one of my all-time favorite superheroes, but since there's already an even better Spider-Man game, it's not that hard a decision. I would keep Spider-Man, remake The Lion King since I enjoyed the game even though it was pretty hard and I love that movie, and that would leave Willow to be erased. Nothing against it, especially since I have no clue what kind of game it is, but I can't see myself erasing either of the other two games. Love the show, dude. Keep it up. John, I love you. Keep it up. And it's funny because while I may not agree with your order on Spider-Man, man and lion king i actually also felt the unfortunate need to erase willow just because i refused to erase the other two games so 
Willow kind of became a victim of circumstance this week. Now, there's two things that bothered me on this week's episode of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. Two problems. Number one is the fucking cheaters. All of these people are disqualified. Kate Roberts said, Remake The Lion King. That is all that matters. Imagine made for Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5. That sounds great, Kate, but you still have to play one and erase one. You're fucking disqualified. Murat Pepper said, I would say Remake The Lion King and forget the other two. My mom, rest in peace, got me The Lion King on the Genesis and on VHS for my birthday when I was little. Pepper, you gotta fucking play one and erase one. You're goddamn disqualified. And the honest Pokemon trainer wrote in and said, erase Lion King, do the goddamn backflip and fuck you, ostrich. No, no, fuck you, honest Pokemon trainer. You have to play one and you have to remake one. I don't care if you guys want to remake one or play one or erase one, but you have to do all three. It's not called play one, fuck the other two. So fuck all three of you. You're all disqualified. Get the fuck off my set. And the other thing that bothered me that you guys did this week was the number of people throwing shade at Spider-Man 2, both the game and the movie. I'm not even reading them on my show. Erasing Spider-Man is fine. Shitting on Spider-Man? No, you are all on double secret probation. If you threw shade at either that game, which was a good fucking game and you don't know what you're talking about, or that movie, because I don't give a fuck what anybody says, aside from Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2 with Tommy McGuire and Dr. Octopus is the best Spider-Man movie, and I will fucking die on that hill, and I don't care what you have to say, this isn't a movie podcast. Only one of you got it right this week. We're going there right now. Shout out to Nathaniel Shelley. Nathan- Nathaniel, I hope I'm saying your name right, Nathaniel. Nathaniel said, I would play The Lion King on the Genesis because I'm a glutton for pain. I would remake Spider-Man 2 because with what I've seen of the new Spider-Man games, I would lose my shit and lose hundreds of hours of my life to it. Unfortunately, because of the rules, I have to erase Willow. I've never played it, so I don't even know what I'm missing. You know what, Nathaniel? That is exactly the order I would go in, and it's almost the same logic because I'm also a glutton for pain, and I want Spider-Man 2 remade. I do know what Willow is. It's just getting erased because it's up against the line. Lion King and Spider-Man. I personally, my order is I would play the Lion King because I never have. And I feel like not a month goes by where someone doesn't tell me to play this fucking game. So I got to see what all the hubbub is about before I race it. Plus the movie's a fucking classic and Timon and Pumbaa are heroes. I would remake Spider-Man 2 because this game was phenomenal and I don't give a fuck what you haters say. It's going to get its own episode of this episode or this show eventually and it's going to get a nice reach around when we do finally talk about it on this show because it kicks so much ass and I love it. And I was torn on what to do with Spider-Man 2. Do I play it because I love it? Do I erase it? Because we do have Spider-Man on the PS4, but I've decided to remake it because it's already great. I love that movie. So let's just remake it like the Spider-Man on PS4 and make it awesome. And that's, that's all I want. Just remake it. And that means, unfortunately, I have to erase Willow. And this was hard because I really did like this game as a kid. I remember seeing the movie a long time ago and digging into that as well. But I, but I like The Lion King better than Willow as a movie. And I like Spider-Man 2 better than Willow as a game and a movie. So unfortunately... Willow is kind of getting thrown out in the dirt. So, sorry, dude, but that's my order. Thank you to everyone that played, except for all of you goddamn crumb bums that cheated or threw shade at Tobey Maguire. You fucking... Anyway, uh, let me get to what I've been playing. It's going to be a quick segment, and then we're going to get to our GoldenEye memories. Uh, I've almost exclusively, over the last seven days, been playing Pac-Man 99 and Final Fantasy V. Um... I'm going to keep my cards close to my chest regarding my thoughts on Final Fantasy V. I've been talking about it for a few weeks now. It is going to be featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast very soon. So I'm going to save most of my thoughts for it for that podcast. But I guess just as a little bit of an appetizer, a teaser, if it will, it's very, 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 very good. And we're going to leave it at that for now. 
Uh, Pac-Man 99 is really growing on me. And I know it's kind of a lame segment to be like, I'm saving all my thoughts, but I will share more of my thoughts on Pac-Man 99 on expansion pass this Sunday. Like I said, uh, but I started out being like, it's kind of a novelty to being like, this is kind of fun to being like, I'm actually really, really, it's got that one more game, one more game fucking hook that the hook in that game is about eight inches long and it, they get all eight inches up inside of you. Like you, it's so hard to stop playing that game once you get going on it. But, uh, oh yeah. And MLB, the show 21 came out yesterday. I played one quick game of it last night. And then I, I'll tell you guys, it is, as I record this, it is fucking 2 PM on 4:20, and I am not high and I am not playing MLB, the show. And I know I'm not going to brag about how I'm hard working because half of you that are listening to this are probably at much harder jobs than I have. And I fully understand that. I just want you to know that I care about you guys enough that I'm not giving into my primal urges to just get baked out of my mind and play baseball because I'm like the people want to know about a video game from 24 years ago and god damn it that's what we're gonna give to them right now let's get into GoldenEye and that was a fucking money segue that was good I'm getting good at those. Uh, as you may know, I like to open the floor to a few of you before I get into the chat with my guest. And to be honest, this is never the most popular segment on the show. I always get more write-ins for blowing in the cartridge and play one, remake one, erase one. But by far, we got the most write-ins for this segment this week. We had like over 30 people shared their memories on GoldenEye 007. Like I said, everyone played this game. And Mercury869 wrote in, and he went out of his way to message me privately and say, I'm sorry that my comment is so long. Very passionate. Mercury, your comment is by far the record holder for the longest fucking comment I have ever gotten for this podcast. I timed it out and read it off the podcast just to see how long it would take for me to read the entire thing. And I speed ran through it and it took me over three minutes. So I appreciate your passion and I appreciate your love of this game because I feel the same way about a lot of video games. That's why I started the podcast, but I'm only going to read a snippet because holy fuck, Mercury869 wrote in and in part he said, oh man, you have now entered the nostalgia zone and I 100% of you understand if you skipped over this or even if you paraphrase it, which I'm going to, this game was literally the one game that we always, and I mean always played every chance we got. And now I'm going to skip ahead to one part of Mercury's comment. We would play Stacks, Sniper Rifles, and License to Kill. My buddy Alan is playing, along with myself and two other unsuspecting buffoons. Alan proceeds to absolutely destroy us, going 20 0 Not joking, the three of us plugs could not even kill each other before Alan did the deed. To this day, I have not touched Goldeneye, and I'm not sure I ever will again, as I'm absolutely terrified. Alan, you're a beauty, and I'm proud to say that I got beat by the best ever at that game. No one, and I mean no one, can convince me otherwise. To go 20 to 0 to 0 to 0 against three other pretty experienced players is no easy feat. Now, that's just a portion of Mercury's comment, but I got a kick out of that because shout out to Alan, to your friend Mercury, because we always played License to Kill uh, when we, when me and my friends would play this in high school as well, which if you don't know, that means it's one-shot kills. We would play with slappers or pistols. Sniper rifles would work too. And so it was just the first one to hit a shot would kill you. And to go 20 kills and then not have any of the other three to have a single kill in a mode like that is pretty ungodly. So shout out to Alan. Uh, a few of you others wrote it too. Jeffrey Mathis wrote in, 
It said the hours we spent on this game. There was about six of us that played in the neighborhood. When we did teams, we actually took a piece of cardboard and separated the TV with it as some tape for no screen sheeting. We would play for hours upon hours, every map and every mode. Jeffrey, you are so not the only one that would tape the cardboard on the screen to make sure that other people couldn't cheat and look at your screen. And when I saw you say that, I was like, fuck it, rights. Oh, that that's dating us. That shows you how fucking... If your back hurts today, then you probably taped cardboard on your TV to separate the screen when you are playing GoldenEye. You're that old. I love it. Uh, Robert Lippa said, countless hours spent on this game after renting it from Video Update. I went a good two decades praising this game, going as far to say it was still fun. Alas, it is <laughs> it is held up like a turd in the sun. The game in its day did so much for the first-person shooter genre on the console market. Unfortunately, time has not been so kind to this game in terms of graphics and gameplay. Personally, I think a lot of people need to take off their rose-tinted glasses and boot this bad boy up again. And you know what, Robert? You are far from the only one that wrote in saying that this game has aged like an egg salad sandwich. Or as you so gracefully put it, a turd in the sun. It's fucking gross. Uh, it has not aged well. I haven't played GoldenEye since I got rid of my Nintendo 64 20 years ago. And frankly, I have no interest in ever playing it again. At least not on that. Not only because I don't want to use that fucking controller, but because I'm worried it'll hurt my memories of it. I think we get into that. I think we get into that on the podcast this week. I don't remember. David Phillips said, this was one of the first Nintendo 64 games I owned and I played it so much and I just loved it. I think a lot of people probably feel the same way, David. This was a game so many owned. Miles from BringBackRetro.com wrote in and said, I still play this game today and at gaming events I run, this is always a very popular title. If you haven't done it, check out GoldenEye with Mario characters and there's another one with Sonic characters. Also, GoldenEye X is an amazing mod mixing it up with Perfect Dark. I would actually like to look up some of these mods because I think the idea of playing GoldenEye as Mario characters and Sonic sounds fucking awesome. Couple more, and we're gonna move on here. Doug Dorn said this and Mario Kart 64 were the games of the generation for me. I bought a used Nintendo 64 with this game for in around 2004 for pennies, and I'm so glad I did. I last played it on a trip back to my mom's about five years ago, and although the graphics are looking rough, I still enjoy the gameplay. Considering it was a mediocre movie, it spawned an all-time great of a game. And I just want to say for the record, and you're gonna hear about this in the podcast. I've never seen this movie, so I, I have no context to compare it to i just have a lot of great memories of playing the game i know more anything i know about the movie i know from the video game which is not very much and then finally this is one of my favorite comments ever because it's so fucking spot on titan entertainment wrote in and just said the godfather of all modern first person shooters fucking phenomenal titan that's such a, oh, the, it is the Godfather. It's the Babe Ruth kind. I mean, maybe Doom is, but no, 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 but no. For console first-person shooters, it's, oh, buddy. It is the Godfather. Godfather 007. I fucking love that comment. I'm pumped. You're pumped. Everybody's pumped. Let's pump. Let's get into GoldenEye 007. I'm going to cue up some of that music that you're all going to recognize. And we are going to go back to 1997 and talk about GoldenEye 007, which originally released in North America and I think the rest of the world on the Nintendo 64 on August 25th, the summer of 1997. My buddy David and I had a great chat. I hope you enjoy it. Let's go.
Okay, joining me via the blank phone this week for the historic episode 145. I don't know, that's not a milestone number. It's not historic. Uh, it's, that was a horrible, I'm not editing that out. That's a horrible beginning to this. Uh, but joining me via the phone this week is longtime buddy of mine and returning guest of the show, my pal, Mr. David Ray. How's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It's a beautiful day outside and I'm sitting inside talking inside. about old video games. Cause <laughs> That's right. cause you know what, David, I'm not allergic to old video games and I'm allergic to everything that was buried under the snow. So I'll stay in here yeah. where it's safe. So that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's how it's going. Let's go back to a game 24 years old now. Buddy. <laughs> I, so for those of you, as I'm sure I've already mentioned in the intro, uh, we're doing some revisiting episodes every 10 episodes or so. We're talking about a game that we covered in the early infant days of Remember the Game when we had even less of an idea of what we were doing than we do now. And when I reached, and I'm trying to rotate the guests. So we have a different guest revisiting a game every time we revisit one. And when I reached out to David, we were looking at the list of games from those early episodes. And Goldeneye stood out to both of us, but not only because Goldeneye is awesome, but because David was the guest on our Perfect Dark episode, which for, you know, for better or worse, Perfect Dark and Goldeneye are attached to the hip. I think they're kind of a pair of siblings. You, you Yeah, you have to talk about the other uh, when you talk about one, you know, yeah. I feel, yeah. It's impossible not to, right? They're both designed by I, Rare. They're both first-person shooters. They're both pretty good they, games. <laughs> they even have levels, in for uh, that that are shared in both games you know what i mean you, you literally like they both have complex or whatever yeah. And, yeah yeah they're like they're clearly they're siblings so so when you were yeah. like yo let's talk goldeneye i was hella excited to talk goldeneye because quite frankly yeah. too and uh and i want to shift away from this in a second but i just wanted to get this so because i'm i'm boy i have smoked a lot of weed over the pandemic and my brain is not where it was a year and a half ago. I now it's bad. So I keep forgetting the points I wanted to make. But the point I wanted to make before I get to something else here quickly when it comes to Goldeneye is just like th- this is I don't know if I want to go as far as to say this is one of the most important video games of all time. I don't know if I would say that, but it's got to be one of the most most recognized, we'll say. Like everyone that grew up in the 90s played this video game. Everybody did. Right. Like, uh, yeah, like if if you were like a teenager, like yeah, once again, if you're like mid to late thirties, <laughs> yeah, if you're old like fun. us now, yeah. I I listened to a bit of the one that you did with Kevin, and uh, both of you had done this thing of like everyone has played this game. I'm like, well, that's not true. But yeah. like, if you were that uh, age of like mid to late thirties, you definitely did at some point. Yeah, everybody yeah. old played this game. Like yeah. we had to. It was just it was just tradition. Yeah. Like it's it's so funny too because like I'm not the world's biggest first person shooter fan. And I'm ne- on, neither and, am I. Neither am I. Right. No. And and to be honest with you, I've never the only Goldeneye movie like James Bond not Goldeneye movie. There's there's a, that's that's how much <laughs> I know about James Bond. The only James Bond movie I've seen is Casino Royale. That is the only sure. one. So I don't know anything about this franchise. I don't really do that many first-person shooters. And when I think of the Nintendo 64, this is one of the first games. Like, it's just, yeah. it's so synonymous with the Nintendo 64 console for some reason. And does that not seem so crazy, like, to say today by Nintendo standards that a first-person shooter gold or James Bond game is one of the games most closely associated with a Nintendo console. Like, you would never say that today. That would be like saying Hitman 3 is the definitive Switch title. Like, you would never say yeah. that about Nintendo today. It's just yeah, a like, different it's, it's Yeah, I suppose. Well, he, there's a lot of magic that kind of happened to lead to that. Because I think one of the big things with GoldenEye, it was one of the launch titles, right, of the 64. And why that's insignificant is it's like one of the first 
3D environment games, right? Yeah. That like really because before that you had the you know Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, uh, where the 3D was like clearly faked, you know, where yeah. it's like it's not truly 3D. They had sprites in a faked 3D environment. It didn't look quite right. Uh, or you had to be on rails uh, with like Star Fox, Fox oh. or whatever. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, but Goldeneye, along with all the other games that came on the 64, was like, no, you are moving in a 3D space. And uh, so you had that going for it. And it, uh, it was a shooter. And more importantly, that's bringing in like the four controllers, which ha- is its big step over Super Mario 64, right? Yeah. Like if you played 64 in that first Christmas when it came out, right? Because GoldenEye came out in August of 97. This game came, uh, and then Christmas that year was like 64s and GoldenEye and Mario Brothers. Yeah. The thing is, you couldn't play Mario Brothers with your friends. GoldenEye, you can have four controllers. That was also a big advancement oh, of that time, right? Dude. So four controllers have... changed the game. That was such Precisely. a big deal. Not to change, not to derail you. I'll shut up. Late finish. I don't no. want to derail your train of thought, but to have, I remember opening the Nintendo 64 and seeing the four controller ports and just losing my mind. Innately, innately in there, because technically you could play four player games on some Genesis and super Nintendo, but you needed to have an extra adapter in yeah. addition to the controllers. So it was like kind of this, this cost barrier that kind of like, I don't want to, buy this extra thing to get four controllers right yeah. so the fact that it had that uh, and then you at, throw in a license like james bond which does give it that name recognition along with that iconic music right you, uh. like all of those things all together is like yeah of course it's the biggest game of the uh, of that era yeah um, especially coming out of an era where so many licensed games sucked like yeah. so many, yes. like we all, everyone that grew up in the eighties has got <laughs> at least one movie or TV franchise video game they played that they know incoherently is not good, but they played it anyways because Ghostbusters or whatever was on the, the cover. And so James I, Bond I like didn't it, suck. Like, like for instance, right off the top of my head is like, uh, what is it? Super Star Wars on the Super Nintendo. When yeah. you uh, fight Darth Vader, you beat him in his first form and his second form is a scorpion you know how in the famous movie star wars how uh, darth vader turns into a scorpion at one point uh, <laughs> it, uh, uh the the great turn uh you know like <laughs> the, the part 10 luke yeah. i am a i'm a scorpion like the classic <laughs> line um, this famous scene oh fuck <laughs> but you're right they screwed dude did you ever play like the home alone video games like they changed everything and it was like what the fuck <laughs> What is this? And like, and Goldeneye, they stuck to everything. They stuck to the script. Well, they, well I don't. Okay, now I will say I have no, not seen the movie, so no. I don't know if they've done that. But they did at least keep it in that in that wheelhouse. You know, like everything they, was like believable. They, they they changed the things in the story so that you can see all the iconic places and all that kind of stuff. But for instance, I don't. So you've never seen Goldeneye? No, I haven't. Interesting, because like I actually think that's like one of the best uh james bond movies of the kind of like the modern era before the remakes with casino royale like uh because pierce brosnan i think is a great james bond the bond uh, movies after goldeneye sucked not because of him but because the script and the weird stuff that they did in it and the stuff before it was like timothy dalton and like they were okay but they were weird in their own kind of uh regard 
Goldeneye was like the one that stood out as a movie. And um, uh, the, the, and they, they kind of stuck to seeing everything that you saw in the movie. But the thing is in that movie, this is where, this is my point. Um, for instance, the facility and the, what is the other name for that? The lead in level for that was the, uh, um, the, the dam. No, uh, not the facility. Um, uh, the other ones where it was the, um, the bunker or whatever uh with the satellite yeah yeah in the like in the in the winter or whatever the fuck it was like in the snow yes yeah, that's yeah. right uh james bond didn't go there once and you go to it twice in the video <laughs> game <laughs> control that's what it was called it was okay the, called control in the, the bunker or whatever you you don't go there once uh at all right uh, in, in the actual movie, but uh, they went there because it was like an iconic location in the movie, oh, right? Okay. okay, yeah. Well, okay, but like, see that I'm okay with. Like, I like if you're gonna take a movie, not a movie franchise, but literally a movie, and make it yeah. into a video game, I'm okay with you getting a little bit uh, creative with the yeah. story and stuff. Because like the thing is, is like you take a. Look at okay, and I, I haven't even seen Goldeneye, but we'll just use Goldeneye as an example. You take a movie like Goldeneye, which is what ninety minutes long or whatever, you know, a hundred minutes yeah. long, and you're trying to make like a a full blown video game out of it. Like, there's only so yeah. much there. Like, you've got to put some more in. I'm okay with that. Yeah, as long oh, yeah, as you yeah, get yeah, the yeah. get the iconic locations, get the iconic characters, the iconic moments from the movie, and most importantly, was, just make it fun. Then I'm okay with it. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really shows the difference between movies and video games because in a movie you can really only have so many like set pieces. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, but in a video game you need way more. Yeah. You need to, to fill out the game, and so for the fact that you know, in order to see this uh, story beat, you know, Bond is actually there present uh, in the video game. Uh, it's it's okay because you need to fill this thing out. I I agree. I actually think that that was one of the big smart moves as opposed to trying to like you know stick to the place where bond did go and try to like artificially inflate those yeah you know yeah. like i i think they actually did a, a really smart job of like walking you through the movie in a new way uh that you know uh got to because it would have been weird not to see the satellite area at all right uh in the uh, in the video game because it was like it was fundamental in the movie it's just that bond never went there right um yeah yeah so yeah and like and you know it's like yeah like not only do i like that but i just want to reiterate this like i dude there's so many bad and i don't think it's quite as problematic today as it was back in the early days because i think people from the 80s and 90s like learned not to buy movie like movie video games because they're like yeah. more of these are bad than good same with yeah. simpsons same with cartoon you know like a lot of those games are yeah. just such garbage any 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 licensed game yeah. yeah like and i mean and listen like we've all been like dude i rented ghostbusters on the nes over and over and over because i love the the logo on the box and i just yeah. wasn't willing to admit that like this game is awful 
but it's like I just ignore <laughs> Back to the Future was a horrible video game. The, yeah, it was but, just so disappointing. It's oh, so disappointing. Right? And it's like they shouldn't be bad. And so I really think that that – I don't know how much that plays in a GoldenEye's legacy. I think people remember GoldenEye just because GoldenEye, as we're going to get into in a minute, GoldenEye is just fun. And I think that's why people yeah. remember it. But I do think yeah. that there's an extra thing that maybe Rare doesn't get as much credit for as they deserve is that they didn't just do the cheap, crappy cash-in with the license and – and get your money and leave. Like they actually mm-hmm. put the time into making it into like a fun video game. And I, and, and I know that sounds yeah. stupid, but not a lot of game developers did that. You know, they really did it. And, and like, uh, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a big James Bond fan, but the fact that they also did a couple of bonus levels to revisit like older bond movies. Cause like the Aztec bonus level and the Egyptian bonus level are kind of cover some like highlights of, other movies okay uh that they like for instance like the moonraker laser right like that's from moonraker uh so like the aztec level is kind of based around that even like with the guys in the yellow jumpsuits like that's from the movie or the egyptian temple which is of course not truly how uh that it's kind of a combination of a few movies in one but it had like here's your golden gun from the man with the golden gun but it also had like baron samity from another uh, I think it live and let die. And like they combined both of the elements into that one level to give you like, hey, you you know James Bond, here's a couple of bonus levels. Like it's the best use of bonus levels. Yeah. Because they don't yeah, they don't add to the 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 story that we told in this game. But it's like, hey, this is from this franchise. We use this franchise well. Um even to the level like I, I don't know if you know this. Um, when you had this four save files on the original thing, yeah. uh, in the original game, yeah. you know, it has the picture of bond there yeah. and then you can save up to four times. The thing is, uh, apparently originally for those save files, they were going to try to get the images of like Sean Connery as the second file, the oh, image of like, that would have been um, so sick. Dalton and Roger Moore. And, uh, uh, it it would have been just for that, but they couldn't get the licensing, so they just like made all four but Pierce Brosnan. They were the only ones. Even, but like that's the kind of thing that they were going to do into it, like add into this. Yeah, and even that, know? even like even without having the other actors, like just literally like to make your save file something. And I'm not like listen. I'm not going to come in here and rip on a video game because yeah. the save file select screen is boring. Like I, like you know what I mean. Like does that's anyone details. really? It, it, but it's, it's still it's 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 like that right. took time for them to develop and for them yeah. to make and that and that brings like nobody bought the game because of the fancy file select or save select screen nobody's gonna buy a game because of that but you see all those but little details and all those little it's things care. it is care and i've ranted it, about this on the show ad yeah. nauseum you game and i and like i was about to say for all you game developers out there but there's not a single game <laughs> developer fucking listening to this podcast but gamers no. remember this shit and we notice this kind of stuff right this is why a game like goldeneye like listen i promise you david if you and i sat down right now and fired up GoldenEye and tried to play with Nintendo 64 controllers, we would be like, this handles like a broken shopping cart. Like this is this because <laughs> it just, it does. It's, it's, it's evolved, yeah. right? Like first person shooting yeah. on consoles is evolved, of course. But like, yeah. there's a reason that people that grew up in this era playing this game still love this game 25 years later. And it's because of all the TLC that Rare, they really tried. You could well, see it, that they tried. And that's absolutely. awesome. It, like and to speak to what you were saying before, like licensed games, you trust that they were kind of garbage, right? Like they, yeah. they might have some 
essence of the game and uh, of the movie or whatever the, the property is. But in this, where it's just like, yeah, all your select screens are file folders and like uh, had like the pictures of like a photo attached to it. Like there's care throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, where even like the watch when you go to the pause screen and bring up the watch yes. that's like the watch you had in the movie yes. and, like it, trying to tie in as much of the stuff from the movies as possible like even to the point of like when you're on the train and you have to escape right because the train's going to blow up and he uses the watch to like cut, uh, use the laser beam to cut out uh of the uh his way out of the train that's from the movie yeah. right like that little moment and they went out of their way to make the watch laser a thing oh. for that little moment, right? I, like, that's care. Do you know what I would give for, and I guess we did kind of get it all these years later, but dude, do you have any idea how much I would have, like, what I would have done to get my hands on a Ghostbusters video game with this kind of love, like, to the franchise? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Or Ninja Turtles yeah. or, like, one of my, like, because I'm not the world's biggest James Bond fan, but I still love this game. I, if you're a yeah. big James Bond fan, you must just be like, dude, like, there's so much fan service in this game. And it's just, dude, Rare, Rare was, like, fuck me. This I'm is just, from, oh, they were on fire back in the day, man. Life. Well, and and this is why I think Perfect Dark was even better, right? Because like you got to remember, this is the first entry into 3D gaming, really, of this era. And like, yeah, there are problems in GoldenEye um, uh, that because Rare was able uh, to evolve past it, yeah. and all the care that they they were able to implement into the game. That kind of showed, like, yeah, we're honoring this property. We're trying to uh, incorporate as much of the stuff from the movies and stuff like that, and do it well. Mm -hmm. That then you had uh, they're like, well, now we're going to do this other game, Perfect Dark, and let's evolve it. Like you can trust them to evolve and and grow better. Yeah, and you see all of that care because they they had more time with like the three D environments and they sure. can do all these advancements. I, yeah. I um, love, I love that they didn't, you know, like, cause like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know all the details about the James Bond license. And like, yeah, I have to assume yeah. that they, it is either too expensive or they didn't have it anymore that they didn't make another James Bond game. You know, they made perfect dark instead. Maybe they just wanted to have an IP that they owned and controlled. I don't know. But like uh, they 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 lost the IP, I'm pretty sure. It had, like yeah, they, you would think it yeah. has to be because like listen, yeah. I can understand wanting to create your own like because Perfect Dark is a cool IP, and I can get wanting to create your own franchise and and have the controlling you know the controlling stake in it and all. I understand all that, but like if I'm a game developer, if I'm the president of Rare, and I'm like, well, we can create our own franchise and then try to convince people to buy it, or we can put James Bond on the box after we yeah. just sold a billion copies of our first James Bond game. It's like James Bond yeah. is going back on the box, but it's really cool yeah. that they didn't have the, the license anymore and then didn't just throw that engine away. Like, cause they clearly had a good engine cause it was, I mean, yeah. like I say, by today's standards, I have not played GoldenEye 007 in probably 20 years and I yeah. might, and I think I'm okay with it. It feels like one of those things that's just better left in the past, but it was yeah. a great engine. And for them to not just throw it in the garbage and move on, but to find something else to do with it. And you could certainly argue they didn't really do anything with perfect dark after that original game. Cause I don't, well, I don't consider the perfect dark zero to count. That, yeah, that, game, right. that game doesn't exist. That never happened. Um, but no, to get back to Goldeneye. So like, yeah, there's obviously a lot of fan service there, which is awesome. I think like today's standards, it looks like shit. But in 1997, this game looked really cool. The sound is awesome. And what's really rad about Goldeneye 
is the fact that like, and this is uh, this may not seem like a big deal to our younger listeners today that are playing the the Halos and the Gears of Wars, where there's clearly like you can play the campaign and then you can play multiplayer. But back in the day, we didn't get that like that much love into both sides of the coin like we did with Goldeneye. Because yeah. you and I, dude, you and I, if we wanted to, David, could sit here and do an entire podcast about just the single player mode. And we could do an yeah. entire podcast about just the multiplayer, <laughs> the mode. multiplayer yeah. easily because both of them are just awesome. Like there's so much yeah. meat on the bone in both of those sides, you know? Well, um, it, it's, it, it's the, like w- before we started recording this podcast, we were talking about like the evolution of video games, right? Where it's like, you can't have this thing that comes after without this thing that came before it. And I think in terms of shooters, like uh, as, as, like on consoles or whatever, um, GoldenEye kind of sets up the thing for everything that comes after it, yes. right? Like it's, that's why I think there's so much fascinating, uh, uh, great things that came from this game that once again, you, you it's hard to go back to and like play again. Because I, uh, I think even as we did the Perfect Dark episode, I would play Perfect Dark way ahead of uh, uh of golden eye me too yeah me too um but that that said like uh golden eye was iconic it was fundamental yeah uh, and well console gamers like because i'm a console guy like i played a little bit of pc when i was a kid we had yeah. a pc and i used to play like those you remember you used to get like those shareware games that were just garbage, yeah. but I used to play all kinds of those. <laughs> and then I used to play like doom and Wolfenstein and stuff when I was a kid. And like, sure. obviously doom and wolf, like, I don't like, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be, um, like a full blown expert on first person shooting, but I have to assume games like doom and Wolfenstein played a role in the develop of Goldeneye because like, the, you know, like you look at that, yes. it's, it's the first person shooting, walking around stuff like that. Right. But on consoles, we hadn't had a good first person shooter like this. Like there was doom on the super Nintendo and it was, it was there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. Goldeneye. Well, it, it, it was like, this is like, this is a great first person shooting game but I can play it on my TV with this controller, you know, like, and that's, that's something we take because for the joystick. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Well, it's that because the joystick and the, the aim function, which probably was lacking in the super Nintendo version of doom. Yeah. Um, uh, and th- I, I guess there is an evolution because I'm, I, I played, uh, um, Wolfenstein and doom and D- Duke Nukem yeah. 3d, which is kind of probably the evolution there. Yeah. But even uh, uh, Duke Nukem had sprites as its characters in a 3d environment and Goldeneye coming out after that, put 3d characters in there where there's anim- the animations, you see them fall down in a 3d space, as opposed to like when they die, they have the same animation and it's in a flat surface and doesn't matter what angle you look at it. Yeah. The body rotates weirdly. So like golden, I even advanced that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, of, of games. Yeah. To, they lo- they leveled know. up every, like when you play, like, so we'll go to the single player, then we'll go to the multiplayer afterwards. Cause I'm going to sure. angry. Adam might make a slight appearance in the multiplayer sure. section because we're going to get into odd of job. Course. Uh, and I'm going to light up all of you fucking pieces of shit that played his odd job as kids, but we'll get there. Let's go, let's go single player first. Cause that's fun. sure. Um, yeah. not like you said, like first, like, yeah, the enemies, like I, I know that you look at this game now and these enemies look like they're, 
I can't remember what game. Oh, dude, we just reviewed WrestleMania 2000. And when mm-hmm. we were talking about WrestleMania 2000, I was like, you know when you're learning to draw and they tell you to draw like the shapes of what you're trying to draw and then you trace over them and make it into the actual thing? That's yeah. kind of what Nintendo 64 people look like. Like you see them and they just look like <laughs> like their arms are two long rectangles with a circle on the end. Like, and I get that like by today's standards, yeah, they look ugly. But like you said, dude, compared to, and I love Doom and Wolfenstein, so I'm not shitting on those games, but compared to those games where the bad guys were just those two-dimensional flat sprites, you play this yeah. game and yeah, these are full moving 3D lego people and when you shoot them they you can tell that like oh his his hand flies up in the air and he falls backwards and that blood spot appears on him and stuff like that was i dude i'll never that first level and it drives me crazy that i can't is it the dam is that what it's called the first damn damn yeah so i remember dude you remember the very beginning when you start playing that game and there's like a couple of guards in like the towers and you can see them like from off in the distance and stuff just that i remember thinking like like you've said it already a couple of times. I'm like, this is 3d. Like yeah. this is legitimately, I have three dimensions to move in. And so do the enemies. They're not just flat and, cardboard cutouts coming toward me. Like, well, will you add the fact that like they react according to where you shoot them, which is also something that sprites couldn't really do where, you know, if you shoot them in the hand, like they'll drop their weapon and yeah. they'll hold it in that like weird, like stumble back kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, it was like kind of primitive, especially compared to now where it only had like maybe two, maybe three, uh, animations for each place where you shoot them. But nonetheless, that's still, uh, one or two animations more than what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in a 3d environment and you know, like there's a lot happening there. They they didn't just explode. (laughs) You know, like they actually like, they look like humans. And what I loved was that there was like, you could, you could kind of, pick the strategy you wanted to go like if there was a guy up in a watchtower that you had to take out you could try to shoot him from a distance off the ground you could try to go up the stairs and sneak up kind of you know and shoot him like from behind him you know what i mean like you could go up and chop i think you had the chop i think that's what it was was you had a chop if you did so you could go up and do that if you want like you could not kill him and just sneak past him if you wanted to like it was so cool to see all the different like the variation of ways you could deal with enemies you know because that was as opposed to just going in guns blazing and kill everything that moves type thing well and and that was the big thing of like why would you use a silenced weapon over like just going in there with your ak-47 right Mm -hmm. like there was actually a difference because people would be have their attentions drawn if you uh use the loud gun yes that was so cool too that you could use like a silencer and then it was like a real silencer. Like people wouldn't notice you were killing their friends around them and stuff like that. I, yes, I fucking, I forgot all about that. That's so sick. Yeah. Whereas if you pick yeah. up one of their rifles and just start going guns blazing, which is another, you know, serviceable way to play the game, then everyone's going to come running. And that was, yeah. Oh my God, I forgot all about, dude, this game is so, it's so it funny. Cause it, like there's advancements. It, it, there is. Yeah. It looks yeah. so basic and it's like, there's some complex shit in this game. And then, well, so, and, and it's, and it introduces sniping as a thing, right? Like yes. think it, like you couldn't really snipe in say doom or Wolfenstein or any of that kind of stuff. Really not, yeah. not in the same capacity yeah. where like, okay, you can line it up. You can shoot them across the level. Like think of, you know, the surface levels, right? Like where you saw them across the snow, you can shoot them from a distance, um, which was kind of a new idea and a new uh, experience for video games, right? Yeah, plus like the, they would go running to like alarms. 
Like yeah, if you yeah. like, there was like certain levels where you were just like, I know once I shoot at this guy, he's going to be trying to tell everybody I'm here. So you have to make See. it, you have to make that first shot count. Yeah. Um, which was right. so new too. And that just seemed so, I love how like the levels, you know, like the higher difficulties you played on, like the more objectives you had, but just mm-hmm. as a whole. And again, this is, I'm kind of repeating myself, but like, it wasn't just go in, shoot every bad guy and leave the level. And as much as I love doom, it wasn't just go find three colored key cards and leave. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. had actual, uh, like you had to figure out how to hack a computer or how to yeah. turn something off or how to, you know, stop an alarm or, or something. And that was, it really added a lot of replay to the game because you could finish the game and then turn up the difficulty and then realize like, oh man, on the first difficulty, I didn't have to worry about doing any of this. I just had to jump off the dam. Now I need yeah. to like turn this off and then jump off the dam and then I have to hack the computer. That was yeah. really, really cool too. And it kept so much variety. You know, the well, game never got old. Yeah, yeah, the, that advancement of like, yeah, I have to go in this area where I avoid it because like there's a lot of, you know, guys in here, but you have to in order to, you know, acquire this, uh, you know, key coder or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it, and, and so that's what made those like higher difficulties uh, daunting. Not that the guys were necessarily uh, aimed better, which was also true, but I, it was the fact that like, oh man, I have to go into and do these uh, more difficult scenarios. Yeah. Um, in that first damn level, yeah. if I'm not mistaken on the, on the, on the first, on the agent difficulty, it literally is basically just run through and jump off the dam and you're good. But then by the time you I reach like so, the yeah. highest difficulty, like I remember, cause my little, I actually was like, I, I played this, but I played more multiplayer than the campaign. I wasn't that good at this game. My little brother was a beast at this game. And I remember sure. watching him one time and yeah, he was playing it on like one of the higher difficult. and I'm, it's been 20 years, but I'm almost positive on that first level. There's like a whole little area underneath with like a computer in it or something. And you have to go like download some file. You had to do something. And I was like, I'd never yeah. even seen that part of this level. And he was like, well, you yeah, got to play yeah. it on the higher difficulties. And that's, I, I'll never forget seeing that and being like, holy shit. So there's like 20 levels or whatever in this game. And every level yeah. has varying degrees of stuff to do in it. I was like, that's, yeah. that's really, I, to this day, I think that's really fucking cool. Because again, yeah. that's care. They didn't have to do that. They yeah. could have just made it higher difficulty just means more bad guys with that take more bullets. But instead yeah. they added extra layers to every level based on the difficulty. That's so tip of my hat to rare. They tried so hard with this <laughs> game. Like this the more we talk about this, like the more impressed I am with this game. I really am. Did, now if you're talking first person uh or the uh, the one the single player mode is there a like a level that stands out to you as you're like your favorite or one that you liked playing i remember i remember the the missile silo being mm-hmm. really cool as a kid like where you had to like it looked like you were like in a i don't again i don't know the story of goldeneye but you're like in a mountain or something it's, i don't know where you are but like i remember thinking that level was really cool i remember yeah. hating with a passion, the forest level, the jungle, whatever it was. I hate that level because yeah. I would I would always play it in the living room of our house and it would yeah. I would play during the day and I couldn't see because it was too oh, bright yeah. and the glare and I used to get so I hated that level <laughs> with every ounce of my being. But yeah, the I, I think yeah, like am I wrong? Like there's like a silo level or something, right? Where you have to like there stop a, a rocket yeah. or something. 
Uh, yeah, it, there's going to be a launch, and there was a bit of a time element, if I can remember right, in there. Uh, but yeah, Jungle was the other one, and that was had the uh, boss with uh, what was her name, um, Xenia on a top. Yes, as uh, and she had like uh, the the rapid fire like RCP ninety or whatever it was. Yes, and and uh, also like a grenade launcher in the other, and then oh. of course you got you beat her, you got to pick those things up, and now it was like I have the cool combination for the rest of the level. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, did you you knew about the cheat on that fight, yeah? I don't think Do you remember that fight? So I do remember the fight, but I don't remember a cheat for it. Well, it was like the cheap way of doing that level of doing that fight because it was at a bridge, right? You would encounter her coming up to the bridge. Yeah. And if you try to go out and fight her straight on, uh, she's gonna toast you pretty quickly, or it, it made it really hard. And the cheat was you just stay on your side of the bridge and because of the limitations in the programming it she could not see you uh it was like almost like there was a uh, uh, an invisible wall for her she couldn't see you over the cross of the angle from the bridge over to the other side of the um on your uh, on the other uh, on the far side so she would have to wait to cross the bridge and then she'd be able to see you and then she would open fire. Meanwhile, as she's coming across that bridge, you could just unload on her freely without her firing. Oh, I don't remember that. I like I don't really I do remember that boss fight. I and I must not have known about that cuz like thinking about that boss fight makes my eye twitch because I <laughs> I just I remember hating that level. So I must not have known about that. But. Because, well, she would just unload on you with the grenade launcher and yeah. the heavy weapon fire. And, of course, it was difficult because she had, like, two weapons that complemented each other really well, right? Yeah. Like, it would force you – like, even if you took cover, it didn't matter because that grenade launcher was going to force you out. Yeah. But if you just stayed on the one side of the bridge – because it would kind of, like, implied that, like, she would appear just as you're coming across the bridge, I think. Like, as you're finishing it. But if you just backed up a little bit and, like, uh, and, and get yourself into cover, uh, she could not see you from a, across the angle. Oh. Which is a cheap way of doing it, right? Because it was a computer limitation. It wasn't like you were some brilliant tactician. Right, right. It was because she could leak like, the 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 program could not see you, and you could just want to be just like it's just one of those like yeah. Well, we did the best we could. It was like it's nineteen ninety seven. Shut up, yeah. we're trying. Um, well, precisely. You, like I don't fault them. It was like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was an exploit that you just had to that you figured out and like yeah. <laughs> was there a level that you remember specifically uh, liking or hating? Um, I'm trying to think like, I, you know, uh, cradle is classic. Like the final level when you're, uh, fighting Sean Bean, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, which was great. I, I also liked facility. I, facility was good, both as a single player and multiplayer level. Like, uh, see, I can't, when, when I think of the facility, like, oh yeah, obviously multiplayer, but like for a yeah. single player part of like, boy, I, I feel like I'm, my brain is trying to remember something, but like. Because in every level there was like a there was a certain difficulty with a certain timestamp where if you yes. beat that time you got to cheat and if I'm not mistaken facility was like the the one the hardest yes and that's all I think of and- when I think of his facility is that impossible time stamp or whatever it yeah, was yeah uh, because you had to beat it in like 
two minutes on the hardest difficulty. Uh, and the reason why it stood out, because I think he got you either invisibility or invincibility. Uh, yeah, One I, of the two. Invincibility. I, I just was, Googled it because I was, I, it was driving me crazy. Yeah, it, was in, it would make you invincible if you beat it. In invincible. Time. Like you can take all the, so, uh, and, and of course the only way to beat it, did you ever unlock it? Did you unlock all the no. codes? My brother did. Again, he was a beast, but you have to beat it in two minutes and five seconds or less on the highest difficulty. So that, that involved, the thing is, there's two things that tripped you up in like being able to do that. One, if you just ran normal, like straight ahead shooting, even if you were like perfect shots and you just ran straight, technically you were not fast enough to do it. The faster running, and I don't know if you knew this, is to strafe, like use the, uh, the, the four yellow buttons, the, the C buttons. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, the that C buttons. Cause the, those were your strafe buttons in that game. Yeah. And so you would actually have to go sideways through the level, you know, turn to quickly shoot people, but then go back to running sideways. Ugh. Uh, in, and then in addition, the other major trip up in order to get that code was the, um, there's a random element where you had a, a certain scientist had the key card. That's what I was thinking of was the key card. Yeah. You, you had to hold him up and then he would drop it. But the thing is, it was a different scientist every time. Yeah. The thing is, in order to do the 205 uh, time frame, it would have to be a certain one. So you would you would have to do the uh, the run and like hope it's this certain scientist, because if it wasn't, you you already fucked up your 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 speed run, essentially. Right. So you would have to like have these certain things come into play as well as play at the top of your ability Ugh. in order to do it. I just Googled, that, I Googled it and I found a thing breaking down how to beat it in that fast of time. And at yeah. the end in the footnotes, it is entirely possible that Dr. Doak isn't in any of the locations given in this article. If that's the case, you're going to have to abort the mission and start yep. over. That is yep. like, I remember that yep. as a kid <laughs> and you could be having such a great run and you're just like, please be there. Please be there. Please be there. Yeah. And then when he's not yeah. there, you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I that just sticks out of my brain. Yeah, which is a hilarious level of like which I mean think of the the rewards though, right? Your reward was invincibility. Course, that means you yeah. can play like any level and you can do whatever, which includes like I uh, you can like when the ga poisonous gas is used at the end of facility. If you have invincibility on, it's like, ha ha, everybody's dying around yeah. you. Go get a coffee but, and be like, yeah, see yeah, you guys, like yeah, dummies. Yeah, but but that's that was the thing. Like it was like a badge of honor. It was to unlock the cheats, as Dude. opposed to even like. If anything, the Chiefs made it like not fun to play afterwards. It was, like, it was more it. of the flex of getting care. them. Yeah, it was yeah, like it's. Like, it's, it's a, it was like it. It was like a Nintendo sixty four version of trophies or achievements that like everyone had. Dude, if you would like, if we had had like visible trophies back in the Nintendo sixty four days, anyone that had that that trophy of being like, yeah, I got the facility in two minutes, it would have been like bow down, like yeah, you're better yeah. at this because like. Ah, oh, I I remember one. just try. I think I had almost all of them, but that one, God, I just I tried so long, and it got to the point where I just hated that level. I can, dude, I can picture the green walls, like in the <laughs> and the silver gray ground, and the oh, I can I can see it in my head that level, and just trying so hard. The facility, man, that's got to be one of the most infamous challenges in gaming, like from that era. Is trying to beat yeah. that game in two, that level in two minutes. Oh my god! Ah, yeah. 
Any of you that reach, because I will get messages from people being like, I did it. Uh, I'm just telling you all right now, I don't believe you. I just say like, <laughs> you can send them to me right now. I don't, the only person I believe is my brother. Cause I saw him do it. And that's the only person yeah. I believe <laughs> everybody else. I don't know. You didn't do it. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't do it. Um, uh, but though that's yeah. dude. like, so, I mean, when you're talking the single player, like forget the story and all that, like forget the details, forget all that. Like every level's got various levels of difficulty. Each level of difficulty comes with various challenges and each level on some difficulty level has a timestamp that unlocks something else. Like, yeah. There's a lot of game there. Like that's yeah. really cool. Like to give something that you can just play over and over and over again. Um Yeah, especially the, you know, like I'm looking at the list of like I'm talking to you from my computer so I'm like remembering some of the things like the cheat options to get like the golden gun or the specifically the gold PP7. Oh, that was a beauty one. Yes. Uh uh because you could, you know, have seven bullets in there. The golden gun only had one bullet, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually, in, in terms of other levels I liked, I also liked the, um, what was that called? Uh, the Aztec level, the one where it was the one based on, uh, Moonraker and you had to launch the, the, uh, rocket into the, the sky or whatever. And, uh, of course that's where I'd use my invincibility cheat because if you were, uh, at one point they trap you in a room that's underneath the rocket itself. And if you couldn't get out because you'd couldn't uh unlock the door in in time then you would be blasted by the uh rocket fuel but if you had your invincibility on you were fine yeah. you gotta see what happened afterwards <laughs> uh it just breaks the game i love it yeah, that's, just, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff man I, yeah and oh dude you know what else i just thought of is that when you mm. go to pick your level uh they're laid out like in the film strips yeah. Like the old yeah. photos. And I just, again, I would never not buy Going a game. Going back to the spy. Yeah. It's the spy element of like, oh, here's the microfiche of like the, uh, you know, that they would have, you like, know? It was cool detailing like that. That's it. Like, cause again, like I would never not buy a game cause the level select option isn't good. Like, I, I mean, I love Super Mario World, but you, you literally like, it's just three letters, like it's three words of text, like pick your file and that's how you pick it. To see stuff like these, you, like you said, you open each individual like manila folder and then can yeah. see all your achievements. And then there's film strips showing each level and stuff like that. Like it's, you're right. said, it's just those little levels of detail. That is just, oh, the nostalgia that I'm getting from this, like looking at images and stuff is just flooding back, man. <laughs> My God, these are just, what a great time. Of, what a great time uh, this was. Uh, and I mean, like uh, the other fun level in single player uh, was uh, streets when you had the tank or whatever and just go uh, be roving around uh, with the rocket launcher in your tank, just blowing <laughs> everything up, which was kind of a cool uh, highlight of the, the game. Whereas like, they didn't have like a comprehensive like vehicle thing because it was the only time you could really use a vehicle. Yeah. But like the fact is like, hey, I got to use a tank for a little bit is just like. Uh, a fun side thing which is also a callback to the movie like mm -hmm. that was a thing that happened in the movie so they're like okay we need to figure out at least the tank thing so you can do it yeah you know? yeah it seems like that's like i didn't even know it was in the movie but yeah if he gets to be in a yeah. tank in the movie and they didn't put that in the video game that would have pissed some people off like you got well, yeah you well, need that I, yeah. I i don't know if it would piss people off i think it was like Oh, cool! You get to do it right. like that because it, once again, licensing up until this point was like, well, we're just going to get really loosey goosey with the <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny, <laughs> what it is. there's so much yeah. stuff in this game that like, if someone is listening to this podcast and say they're like 15, 15, 16 years old, 
never played, never played these games back in the day. This is all stuff that like by today's standards, people be like, yeah, so that's just like, it's yeah, that's the game. That's what we, but like back then, this was such a big deal and we haven't even touched, dude, we're at 44 minutes and we haven't even touched multiplayer. Like we're just talking about the, the sync, like, Holy well, hell. we 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 can talk about multiplayer. Let, let's talk let's about do multiplayer. That. Yeah. Uh, what what was your level? I feel that that's the first thing you got to ask. What was your favorite multiplayer level? Oh well, we so we only we hit a point where because I always played with the same three people always, yeah. and uh, sure, we, and we hit a point where like we we just wanted to change it up. And so one time we played light was it License to Kill? It was whatever mode where one shot you would die on one shot. Yeah, I think it was license sure. to kill. So we would we would play license to kill mode, and we would play all you could either. It was either you could only use mines or it was slappers. Sure. And that's how. And we would play that for days. And we like the as far as an individual level. I remember playing. God damn, what level was it? It was like a. You could like go into vents. And it was kind of like uh, a fact. Was it the facility? Like I yes, it must have been because like for some reason I envisioned it different than the facility level in the game. But maybe just because that was bigger in multiplayer. But I do well, remember it, playing it, a you level interact like that. with it different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe. actually, no, no. Oh, did it have like a red sky? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of complex. Oh, uh, complex. I should say that normal complex. Com- <laughs> complex. Yeah. Yeah. The complex. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, but that's the level that we played the most probably. I mean, we played all of them, but that's the one that like, that's burned into my brain. Is that, I, that I feel that that was, it competed with facility as the favorite level. And I, I was definitely more of a facility person than a complex. How come I can't complex. say, uh, com- <laughs> why am I focusing on the, uh, the first syllable? It's a complex out? word, man. Yeah, it's a complex word. It's uh, the complex so, complex. I, Sorry, go ahead. And it, you know, it lines up with the fact that I hated that level. I hated complex. <laughs> because, uh, uh, it was because here was my problem with it. It was so claustrophobic. Yeah. And like they had like these kind of cool setup spaces like, oh, it seemed like this would be a cool place to play around in because you can hide out in the window and you wait for somebody to come through and like shoot them as they ran below you on the. But the fact is that's not how that ever played out to me. It felt like it was, it was too much turning the corner and there's a dude. Yeah. And especially if you were a person that, um, uh, either a didn't know how to read, uh, the radar, which is fundamental, fundamental. It was so if, or if the radar was turned off for everybody, then you're just like turning the corner. You're just running into people right away. Yes. And like, I never liked that, yeah. which I kind of get if you're doing slappers only, oh, God, that funny. would, that then it would be like, Oh no, then I got to quickly do yeah. it. Yeah. We would do that. But, and we would actually, yeah. we would turn the radar off too. So it would just be, you would have to, you yeah. have to, it just know? became complete panic. But like, but I also remember the dude, the arguments about screen watching. I, <laughs> I remember like almost coming to blows with each other because like, again, kids today won't understand. They all sit at home and play Fortnite against 90 other people and have their 70 inch TV with the full thing. And you would just see your screen. Yeah. You don't like back in the day, that TV, which might've only been like 30 inches to begin with, (laughs) got cut into four quadrants. And then it became the honor system of not looking at each. Cause like, dude, we would all play this game so much that you knew the level. Like you could look at someone's screen and be like, I know where, you know, where David is. He's in, he's in the vent over there. Right. And so it became the honor system of not looking at the, each other's screens, but we were looking at each other's screens and it was, 
That was a well, whole different thing, man. That was that was arguments. That was a problem. Here, here, here's also the other difference because I'm assuming you played with the same you know group of uh, guys all the time, like, yeah. right? Like yeah. group of four people yeah. playing. So most often when I'd be playing multiplayer, and maybe this is the experience for some other people too, is uh, at youth group, right? Where you'd have like you know. 12 to 15 people kind of gather maybe more depending on where you you're from but like my youth group was like on the large side so you'd have a, a wide range of skill in this group of people who like this is like their first video game experience uh uh all the uh, all the way up to people who like they got this for christmas and they know this game inside and out right so like it would be this completely unfair thing of like the expert could just like up and just track down the person, just shoot this like uh helpless kitten of a player. Just like, <laughs> and then I'm <laughs> looking at the ground and I don't know how to look up again. Like just, just that you like, are dead. You are over dead, and man. over that blood coming down from the top of the screen, like the red and like that. <laughs> just over and over and over. And over. Yeah, that you would just spawn in and like because uh, I knew where you were, I could yeah. get to you in like ten seconds and you'd be gone. And, I, and there wasn't a lot of balancing back then. Like it was like if you, no. if someone was good and it was like Super Mario, like Super Mario Kart was like our first big multiplayer game. And if yeah. one of you was good and one of you wasn't good, the the one that knew what they were doing, like you were murdered. Murdered. And Goldeneye <laughs> was the same thing. Yeah, that was yeah. That was primarily why we played in the same group because all four of us owned it. We all knew how to play it. Cause yeah, that would like, and it'd be funny. Cause like there's two types of kids. There'd be the kid who'd be like, take it easy on the one that doesn't know how to play. And you know what I mean? Like let them get a couple yeah. kills and make it fun. And there's the kid that would just annihilate. Yeah. Just <laughs> like ruin video games forever for the kid that doesn't know how to play this game. That's well, and, and, and that's why you like, you would have to encourage like all the newbie players to like, hey you all play together you yeah. know what i mean like, let's get the four of you because this but the problem was you'd have like king's court you know what i mean like the winner would stay on or whatever yeah. and you just like you couldn't do that come on yeah. you gotta like or it'd be like this one kid who would dominate for so long and then you'd have to bring in like oh you're really you're also really good you should come into youth group and just <laughs> yeah yeah uh, can make you come, us a balanced can you come beat matthew for us please because like we're all sick of him <laughs> just laughing just at dominate. All of us. Yeah. Screw, screw you you need to you need oh. to learn some humility man this was just and I, I i not to keep repeating doom and stuff because like i know they're like i had friends that were really big into doom and playing doom right. on like over the old the old the old school dial up internet and all that kind of stuff but like i right. never I never experienced anything like that. We never had anything like that. So Goldeneye yeah. for myself uh, yeah. was the first first person shooter that I ever played like with my friends with any mm -hmm. kind of regularity. And oh my God, dude, the hours and hours of our lives. And like, we'd be laughing and then we'd be fighting and then we'd be laughing again. And it just, it never got old. It was just always just the various modes, the various levels. Like you said, you could do License mm -hmm. to Kill. You could do The Man with the Golden Gun. You could do like yeah. Capture the Flag or whatever it was called. Like it was, oh my God. It, it could have, they could have sold that as its own game and people would have bought <laughs> so, it. So now this brings me, well, we talked about levels. Uh, who would be your go to person to use? I, I honestly, if at all possible, I took, um, 
I don't remember his name because I don't know anything about James Bond. Yeah. The, the 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 bad like the the 006? Is that oh, yeah, Trevelyan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. That was Sean Bean. That was because yeah. I because I I I mean like for anyone that knows me as a wrestling fan, like I love heels. I love the bad guys. And so I, I always saw him as like the evil James Bond. Trevelyan, yeah. And so I was like, it. yeah, always, always him. What about you? Funny thing was, now, like a lot of people say like odd job oh. was cheap, right? Yes. And I feel that that is true to an extent. Uh, especially if you were, if everybody was kind of shitty at the game. If everybody was kind of shitty at the game, uh, then odd job is, had a clear advantage. Yes. I was also a, a proponent of Jaws, the big guy. He the was big huge. Guy. Yeah. He was huge. And like, he's a disadvantage when everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah. Uh, but if you were like marginally better than others, Jaws actually goes the other way because Jaws, his like aiming, his normal aim was at head level. You know? Yes. So he got way more headshots, way easier. Uh, Whereas, like, if you were, if I was playing against Odd Job, he was easier to fight if you were not bad at the game because he's at your headshot. Like right. his head is at the. I mean, it is a smaller target, but it, you didn't have to like aim down at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was actually like uh, a proponent of playing Jaws because everybody would look at you and think, "Well, he's a bigger target. He's easier to hit." True. However, he had a distinct advantage if you were like had a marginal skill in the game. That's true. I um, never thought yeah. of that, but you're right. Yeah, 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 I never thought of that. Everybody picks on odd job, but Jaws is better in the right hands. Right. Um, but other than that, then I would play civilian. I'd love having the civilian, like a rant. Like I just love the guy who like clearly looks like he can't use a gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Joe Blow. He's just like so killing funny. James Bond now. Yeah. But the Arctic Commando looked kind of cool. Like the, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, the guy in the blue, uh, yeah, um, uh, what do you call it? Stealth, uh, like the parka camouflage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The camouflage, the blue camouflage. Right. Not the, not the all white parka guy, but like the blue. I, he was. They are the ones inside, uh, the level. Yes. Uh, yeah, w- yeah. When you're. Um, whatever that was called. It was like, I, I'm, I gotta be honest. Like, I, so, okay, just, I'm gonna, I have said this many times. This is literally one of the advertisements I run on social media. You odd job kids. Like if you're listening to this <laughs> and you grew up playing as odd job, you're either in jail listening to this right now, or you're about to be on trial for embezzling or something. Cause you're cheating. You're a cheating mother. You're, so, you, oh. you're a, so, you're a sociopath that clearly does not have, yeah. Like, I was not above taking the short way out. Like, listen, okay, you out. you screen watchers, I'm a screen watcher. I'll admit it. I'll, I never admitted it back then, but if any of my friends that I used to play Goldeneye with are listening to now, yeah, no, it's not just my lazy eye. I was looking at your screen, and that was why I used to beat you, because I cheated and looked at your fucking screens. And you guys weren't, you guys are too proud to cheat, then you deserve to lose. It's that simple. But anyone that played <laughs> his odd job, you're an odd job. You're a horrible person that because is such cheating. Either. Like, that was... Only one person can be odd. That was the thing uh, that used to piss us off so much. Was just like, like we were pretty good because our regular group, it was just understood that nobody yeah. was allowed to play his odd job. And we all played that no one wanted to be Jaws because, yeah, you were too big a target. Although now I kind of, I, I get that logic now. Um, oh, but it, it was a flex. Like, that was the thing. Like, people, it would be the easy way to, like, get an edge. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone <laughs> would think is, you're screwing yourself. Yeah. But 
it'd be like your Paul Manafort uh, that would play his odd job. You know what I mean? Like if, if that would be your way of, uh, that'd be your test. Yeah. You know, that's what they should be doing at these trials. You know what I mean? Like play <laughs> around of uh, GoldenEye. Who do you choose? And like, uh, yeah, y- you should not be in the charge of anything if you choose odd job. Yeah. Like if I was, a, if I was a judge and you know, how they interview people for jury duty. Yeah. And they're like, is there any reason why you don't think you could be an impartial member of this jury? That's I would be like, did you ever play his odd job? <laughs> and if they were like, oh, like, yeah, I did. I'd be like, thank you very much. You've excused jury number nine. You have a you have a flaw in your judgment of yeah. people, and yeah. you are there's something broken in you. I, oh, it used to make I hated it so much. Odd job. <laughs> and what, what like what really surprised me was that they never tell you that. Like when you're just picking, like there is nothing saying that, like, oh, odd jobs only three quarters of the size of the rest, or Jaws is 150 percent the size of the rest. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it literally, yeah. as someone like I, to this moment, I have no idea who Odd Job is because I haven't seen the, I haven't seen any James Bond. I have no idea. So when I'm just picking a character, I'm like, oh, that's a cool name for a character. He's got that cool little hat. I'm like, all right, this is a cool guy. I don't know that he's actually really small. Like it's just, they don't tell yeah. you anything. You just, I really assumed it was just a palette swap. You know what uh, is really disappointing? Uh, it's, it's only minorly disappointing. Uh, if, if odd job could have like, if he picks up the golden gun instead, it allows him to throw his hat because if people who know the character of odd job from the movie, he had, uh, the, uh, blade on the, in, on his hat. And so he would throw his hat and he would cut off your head kind of a thing. Oh, uh, so, the, uh, which is of course where like, you know, uh, Austin powers where the guy he had the shoe yeah, that yeah. was super dead. Like that's making fun of odd job. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, because right. Odd Job for some reason had a deadly hat, and I I think that would have been a great uh, thing of if Odd Job picks up the golden gun, quote unquote. His one shot was the hat. Uh, that, that actually is a good idea. That that would be a good idea. <laughs> That'd be awesome, dude. We used to play the golden gun once in a while too, and we would play on the yeah. rule that whoever had the golden gun, everybody else teamed up, and we could yeah. see like we could watch their screen and stuff like that. And it was still, if you had somebody that knew the maps and knew that game that had the golden, you couldn't beat them. Like it was yeah. vicious to, to like go up against someone that knew how that, to play that game with a golden gun. But the golden gun is tricky though, right? Like it was one bullet, like right. which had made an at an interesting layer to that game. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. uh, cause you had to do it in one hit. You couldn't. And, and it wasn't, like auto target was pretty uh kind of game breaking to a certain degree but like right. you know even that would be challenging with the the golden gun unless you're really really good we but we would always play we're like we knew who had it but we were all scared to to be the one that would get shot do you know what i mean like cuz we'd all laugh at whoever got killed and so the yeah. three of us would be going after the fourth guy with the golden gun and we're all kind of heroes, but it's like none of us really wants to be the hero here because we're because like the chirping was just never ending. It was just man. Oh, what? dude, and we never even brought up that you could play with the Rumble Pack. I remember when the Rumble yeah. Pack was a big deal. Yeah. Oh that, God. That, because yeah, that would have been one of the first games that really took advantage of that. Well, Rumble Pack was just at the start, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> it, um, it, it's so. Can you imagine today? Paying like forty dollars 
for an adapter for your controller that would make it vibrate when you shot your gun? Yeah, just a little bit. I, I don't even notice Mike the the feedback in my controllers most of the time now. Like I don't, yeah. you don't even realize. But back then, I remember I bought like two. I spent an entire paycheck from my job at the grocery store to get a couple rumble packs, and I was like, this is the coolest thing. Oh man! Well, that, well, that, that's why it was like so neat when uh, was it Metal Gear Solid had the probably one of the most famous uses of the rumble. Uh, feature which is built right into the ps uh in the playstation uh controller right like yeah. it just was it naturally came with it and you'd put the controller down and that that one character from metal gear could like move it yeah yeah psycho mantis or whatever and he could yeah, like, move it. Yeah. yeah that's right yeah that was oh man simpler times oh gimmicks oh gimmicks simple i will say like i shit on the nintendo 64 all the time and i i don't care what anyone's. was you'll never convince me that that was a good control i'll always hate that controller but i there was something about the way the rumble pack plugged into the end and just fit so perfectly and looked so i thought it looked so cool like once a giant rumble pack was plugged into the end of that controller i always i'm looking at rumble packs online right now and i'm like that's a cool looking peripheral for some reason i don't I don't know what it is about it. I love it. The, the, I, the funny thing about that, the, the Nintendo 64 controller was like, okay, we need to design something that has multi-use, right? Because yeah. they were like, they, there's clearly the debate, do we have the D-pad or do we do the joystick, Yeah. right? The thing is, every game just used the joystick. None of them used that, like, really the D-pad, except for, like, the rare exception and then of course the layout of it is such that you that means every game you're playing is in the weird position oh, where God. your left hand is on the, is holding that like middle like uh handle or whatever yeah. like it was the most awkward position was the most common one to this to this moment and listen, like I've been gaming for over 30 years. I've, I mean, we've done literal episodes of the podcast where I rank controllers and stuff. To this moment, I look at the <laughs> Nintendo 64 controller and I'm like, that is the most intimidating controller I've ever seen. Like if you took someone that has <laughs> never played a video game in their life, you took your you took your grandma or someone that has never picked up a gaming controller and you handed them the Nintendo 64 controller, they would be like, wow, what the fuck? Like, no, no, no. Even if you went back to like the 70s, you grab somebody from the 70s who's like amazing at Pac-Man, right? Like yeah. there's that thing in it. Just like, here, try to figure out how to play a game with this thing. It, it has, <laughs> it has three handles. It. You have two hands <laughs> and it's got three <laughs> handles. Just stop, okay? For you people, I appreciate everyone that listens to this show, but for you people that message me and stick up for the Nintendo 64, just stop, okay? You're welcome to like the Nintendo 64 controller if you want. Everyone's wrong about something. I'm wrong about stuff. I, I get it. I understand. That controller is an abomination. It's awful. It, it looks stupid. It handles horribly. I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, it so it was much. A- it was a misguidance in the design because like they were just, they just thought the D pad was going to be more popular in the era of 3d gaming yeah. than it really was. You know what I mean? Like it was not oh. as great, but, and, and that was unfortunate. It was, you got to remember this is in the era of virtual boy. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, the- which had a better controller than the <laughs> Nintendo 64 did. <laughs> I've it just, never uh, held destroyed one. your retinas. That's exactly. All. That's, yeah. Uh, you're, I mean, you're, you may not be able to see when you're done, but you'll know how to play the game you're playing. 
Yeah. Just, oh man. I didn't, I really did. I was like, this was such a happy podcast. And I was like, I really didn't want to start wrapping it up by crapping on the controller that you played it with. But it's just such a, I hate that controller so much. The only good thing about the Nintendo 64 controller was that I love, I, and I will say that I loved the fact that like they had so many different colors because mm-hmm. like, Mm, when you when like yeah. me and my friends would get together and play we would all bring our own we all had our own like i had a green that was my controller was the green controller right you know i did like that i always thought that was a cool look. like the only one that sucked was the original gray one because that was the boring yeah. one everything else looks so cool so well the, and that's pure capitalism right there baby, oh, where it's just 100%. like yeah the boring gray is the standard yeah. one and then like <laughs> And then, and then leave it to Nintendo to not only to do that with the controllers, but then they just started doing that with the consoles themselves. And then they started doing that with the Game Boys. And now it's it was the first Joy-Con. It was the first yeah. Joy-Con. Because now yeah. there's got to be three trillion Joy-Cons out there. So yeah. And none of them work. So, uh, um, <laughs> they but that's, all drift. Yeah, that's a different argument for a different day. Um, yeah. David, this, is, uh, this has been fun. This has been over an hour. And I still want to talk to you about what you have going on. So before we get into that, let's yeah. score this thing. Sure. Uh, now oh, normally boy. I score Nintendo 64 games out of 64, but that is just, it's become cliche. So this is GoldenEye 007. So yeah. let's score it we're out of seven. It seven? <laughs> yeah. We're going to rank this game out of seven. Cause quite frankly, I listen, this game is a, is a great piece of gaming history, but if you were to rank it against today's games, a seven out of 10 would be generous. So we're going to rank it right. out of seven. What would you score right. GoldenEye 007? Uh, it's a hard hard game to score man because the problem is i gotta i I guess it's gotta go in its era right so i'm kind of going to compare it to other 64 games yeah i think so uh i think especially when you take in the whole history of the 64 i think you've got to put it around a five yeah. because perfect dark also exists on the system (laughs) yeah that's it Uh, yeah so like it's a five at best, which of course, uh, I, what are the other double O agents? Uh, what is, who is double, uh, who's double O five. I'll look this up. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know because I was thinking like, it's funny. Cause like when this game came out, I've been like seven out of seven. This game's perfect. And then once perfect yeah. dark came out, I've been like, well, it's like a six. It's still pretty good. And then halo came along with the dual analogs and you're like, Oh, well now it's like a three and it just keeps fall. It's so Dude, this is there are like because I play a lot of retro video games even today for the podcast and just because I enjoy them and a lot of a lot of retro games have aged well, but yeah, the early Nintendo sixty four games like GoldenEye, like Ocarina of Time, like Mario sixty four, those like, are the only three that stand up. I think I agree, I, and and yeah. and and even like time hasn't been kind to them, but yeah, they hold yeah. up better than a lot of other games do. Yeah. And like the first person shooting genre, like I, I don't even know if there's a genre in gaming that has evolved like first person shooters have. And this is one of the babies. Like it's really hard to score it fairly. Yeah. Um, that's that. That's why I go with the era of the system. Yeah. Like, at, at the start, yeah, I agree. It would be seven out of seven right at the start. But yeah. you know, by adding the rest of the history, it slips down to five. Yeah. Because they, as they figure out the system and its limitations and all that kind of stuff, 
All right. So I guess uh, I'm going with a double O five, which is of course the unnamed agent that appears in Thunderball. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> so that's, that's, so you'll be scoring that's, this, the unnamed agent that appeared in Thunderball. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. That's a fair score. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'll give it, what was the name? I'm going to, I got to give it, I got to give it the Trevelyan. Is that his name? Yeah, Alec the Trevelyan. Trevelyan. I got to give it that. Cause not only do I love him in multiplayer, I think he's a cool character. And I never, I frankly never want to play GoldenEye 007 again. But yeah. boy, have I got good memories of this game, man. Just, it's, it's, it is it's, one it's, of the flagship titles for the system. It's interesting because it is one of those games of like, is it replayable now? And like, meanwhile, I, I feel like Mario 1, for instance, or Mario 3, or like Super Mario World. I'm, of course, I'm going to Mario games. But all of them are like replayable. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to go back to GoldenEye and play it right now. You no, know? I think... I think give me perfect dark again. Yeah. Yes. I I think that the early Nintendo 64 games are like, I'm not saying that they're as bad as this, but like they're kind of like the early Atari games for 3d. Like they are the first 3d games. Right. And they just, everything has been improved so much, dude. So like I, you're you're, you're getting designers to do something completely new. You're like, yeah, they have to think in a third dimension that they never had to think of before right yeah like i mean i played perfect dark on my xbox with the port not the new not the new perfect dark game but they they re-released the nintendo 64 perfect dark on xbox arcade and i played that and dude you play that today and like it's kind of ugly but it's fully playable with the pair of analogs and i know we'll never see goldeneye like that i know there was like the wii re-release or whatever but you'll never just see the original goldeneye re-release because of all the licensing and everything that goes in it yeah and it's too bad because i really do think if you just threw a like if they released that on the switch and you could just use a pair of joy cons to play it it would probably still it would probably work like it'd probably be a lot of fun but yeah probably yeah i'd have to think about the the aiming and all that kind of stuff the aiming was always weird because you have to hit that shoulder button in order to oh, God. initiate the aim thing it, it would which leave this one in the past stop dead yeah. yeah leave it in the past leave there, it in the past too many problems. i love the 1980 ninja turtles cartoon but i don't want to watch it anymore because i'm like no we'll leave it where <laughs> i liked it because it's it's not good uh oh yeah especially if you start watching season five anyways oh jesus uh <laughs> david you uh, you have a podcast of your own if i'm not mistaken and i sure would like to the floor is yours i'll shut up Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at the time that this is coming out, we should already have a, f- a few episodes out. Uh, I'm with a sketch group called uh, The Debutantes. Uh, we're uh, centered in Edmonton. And we are putting out a podcast called Quantum Kickflip. And uh, you can look it up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it, it, uh, we even have uh, quantumkickflip.com, uh, I believe. And uh, the premise of the uh, the game it's it's actually an actual play uh, podcast based off of a, a role playing game that is going to be released later on in uh, 2021 by a local Edmonton comic slash musician uh, Mikey Ham or Mikey maybe uh, and the premise of the game is it's teenagers that uh, use hoverboards to cross into other dimensions and to play to do stunts and tricks and kind of like think think jackass but they go into other dimensions to do all their like weird stunts um ours is uh you know like i'll be playing a character in that i we you know we have a brilliant musician who's like making music specifically for this game it's set in 1999 
Uh, so, you know, it's all about nostalgia from the late 90s. Uh, uh, that'll be all in there. So, especially as we were talking about GoldenEye, I'm like, this this is kind of like the era that this game is set in. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm playing a character named Chester Capone, uh, who is uh, uh, moved to a small Alberta town. And he's just trying to fit into this weird world uh, called slug blasting where it's like yeah these this hoverboarding in other dimensions that, and so it's, it's gonna be fun that sounds awesome like that sounds yeah. like something that all of us old retro nerds from that oh god like to go back yeah. to 1999 for 20 minutes yeah. like just for 20 <laughs> like to not my back doesn't hurt my hair's all one color i could just play video games i have no bills that god those are the days man so yeah, I, yeah. I'll put the information to it in the description of this podcast as well. So you sure. guys can all find it there. And, uh, I mean, you just like, look, we literally just talked Goldeneye for an hour and 10 minutes. David's good stuff. He's obviously the man knows how to talk and, uh, I can't, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Check out his stuff, man. It's all about, we all love the nineties more than we love today. So let's all, <laughs> we just do. So let's all go back to the nineties. That sounds awesome, man, man. Thank you so much for doing this and best yeah. of luck with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. And like I say, we'll put the, we'll put the info for that in the description box of this podcast. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Thank you. going to do it for this week's episode david thank you so much for giving me a call and reminiscing about goldeneye 007 and every single one of you listening to this right now thank you so so much for the support and i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did don't forget to check out david's new show you can find the description or the info for it in the description box of this podcast if you are interested and if you're enjoying what we do consider supporting us over on patreon it's only two bucks a month there are better you know not better tiers bigger tiers but two bucks a month is how it starts you'll get like a mountain there's 60 some podcasts right away for you to download onto your phone you get extra podcasts you can send in comments to be read you can join our discord you can dm with me i'll give you a shout out you can vote for the games we cover the best value in the history of humanity uh for this sunday's episode of our patreon exclusive show expansion pass i'll be reviewing pac-man 99 so you can check that out patreon.com slash remember the game the support matters more than you could possibly possibly there's my voice cracking more than you could possibly imagine so please consider consider it if you are enjoying the show we have a p.o box you can find it at remember the game podcast.com but it is p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v1g7 just shoot me a postcard or a letter or something tell me where i've got postcards from around the world from finland from europe from australia from the states from mexico fucking awesome uh really really appreciate it shoot me a postcard i'll send you one back if you include your address and we'll be friends because that's what we do 
And, and I'm on Twitch. You can find me there Tuesday and Wednesday evenings. I play at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And Saturday afternoons, I play at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Look for Member the Game over there. It's completely free. I mean, you can subscribe and stuff if you want to, but it doesn't charge you anything to walk in the door and you can chat with me and I interact with the chat and argue with them and it's lots of fun. Look for Member the Game on Twitch if you'd like to do that. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week for episode 146, it is going to be our Toe Jam and Earl episode that I owe you guys on the Sega Genesis last month's Patreon poll winner. And uh, onward and upward. Keep an eye out for our new Patreon perks. All those stuff will be going live May 1st. I'm really excited to roll it out. And uh, good enough. That's a long enough episode. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. You guys are the best, and I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I'm producing three podcasts a week right now, and it just simply would not be feasible without the support of everyone that supports us over at patreon.com slash remember the game. So I would like to take a quick moment to thank every single person that has signed up over on Patreon for at least $2. This week or this month, we're going to le- read them in reverse alphabetical order, and I'm sure I'm going to fuck a bunch of these up. So a gigantic thank you to... <sighs> Zootroy, Zane Donovan, Yamcha, Xwater, Wyman Brooks, Wolf Magic K21, Wolfgang Darren, White Burrow, Vladstein, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, Tyler, Troy Ksuniak, Trevor Seven Oaks, Tony Sherichetti, Tommy Reynolds, Tom Kite, Todd, Timothy Real, Tim L, Tim Chambo, Thor the Hammered, They Call Me Badger, The T Word, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, The Giraffe, The Anti Spatial Podcast, That One Kid Nick, Tense Sparkster, Swedish Fish, Super Merry Ho, Stupid Monkey, Stitch, Steve O'Connor, Stefan Fukasawa, Starro Probin, Squint, Spencer C. Weiss, Slick Rick, Silver Grunion, Sharonic, Sean Razine, Shaley, Sirius Ron P., Clifford, Sean Clifford, Scott V., Scott Brooks, Sam Wright, S2, Vaughn 5000, Ryan Yeager, Ryan White, Ryan McCowan, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Bayshore, Rogue Agent, Rodrigo Tomazzi, Robert Lippa, Robert Fuchsia, Fusho, Fusho, fuck, I suck at this. Rex Sheldon, Retro Bismol, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Raul Aguirre. <laughs> Raul, I'm sorry. Raging Demon, Potato Bob Guy, Poops Loomis, Pizza Power, Pie Messiah, Peebs, PB McFadden, Parzival, Paul Bullard, Paul, Pat Duddy, No One Cares, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Nick Sills, Nathaniel Shelley, Nathan Warzecha, Nathan Tromblay, Nathan Freak, Murat Pepper, Mulverine Films, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Mr. Nick, Mr. Satan, Mr. Mark Awire, MPG in Buffalo, Morgan, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Miklos Blackshaw, Mike Maloney, Mike Maloney, Mike Cummings, Mike Burks, Michael Hegg, Michael Mathis, Mercury869, Mega Man 2 OG, Mick Jr., Matthew McKellen, McLean, Matthew Davis, Matt McLean, I suck so hard at this, Matt Brown, Martin Greenwood, Mark 209, Mark Jones, Makeshift, Mallow Money, Mad Shibs, Mackenzie Wheeler, Luca Reskigno, Reskigno, Lord Finish, Logan Hale, Les Winan, Leon K, Lee Whitworth, Lee Spilling, Lane Orr, Kyle Paul, Kinslayer, Kevin Hufford, Kevin, Kerry Waka Waka, Kelly, Keegs, K Cuz, Kate Roberts, K Jam, Joshua Shenfield, Joshua Davis, Josh Morgan, jo- Joseph Gonzalez, Jordan, John Byrne 86, John DeShazo, Johnny CCDC, John Quack, John Doskis, Joe Mack, Joe Gillespie, Joe Buck, Joel LeBlanc, Jesse Clark, Jerbear, Jeffrey Mathis, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jay Clutch, JB Retromania, Jason Cortez, Jared, James Clark, James Anderson, Jafar, I Worked at Subway, Andre SJ Flash, 
Guest House Productions, Goth C, Geek Life Radio, Gary C, Gary Heather, G9PSX, Freezer Burnt, Fraser Burns, Fob, Ferdy Martinez, Fake McHugh, Explode Processing, Evan Refuse, Mfelf, Elijah 232, Electronic Emotions Program, 8-Bit Bovi, Dylan, Doug Dorn, Doogie, Dominic S. Thompson, Do How, DNA Gaming, Divalk, Devin Gordon, Desert Tortoise, Derpimus Prime, Derek Jane, Defunct, Devin Schne- David Schnatterer, David Ray, David Phillips, David, Dave Thompson, Dave McGee, Dave L, Dario Omen, Danny Vega, Daniel McKee, Dane Upton, Dana Woodrall, Dan Wagner, Dan T, Chris Knife 007, Crash Bandiquitic, Craig Rutt, Corey Street, Corey, Cody Poland, Chuck Schlarp, Christopher Sumner, Christopher Russell, Chris Goodfellow, Chris Flurry, Chris Copland, Chris Campbell, Chowdy Lottie, Charlie Medeiros, Chosen Last, Carmichael Nicholas, Captain Cool, Candido, Brian Ransom, Brian Medeiros, Brian Robbins, Brian McKay, Brandon Hain, Brandon O'Brien, Born to Do It, Boognish, Bones O2, Ben Drinkin, Ben Busha, Ben Booya, A Town, Ashley Cronenbitter, Arpad Bodos, April Zane, Andy Hudson, Andrew Wright, Andre, Amy Gillen, Amarok, Alex Martinez, AJ Jones, AJ Freeman, Adam O'Sharello, Adam J, Adam Beasley, Adam Anderson, Aaron Lawson, Aaron Baker, a novel console and too loud for the crowd. Holy fuck, there's a lot of you guys. Thank you all so, so much, very much. And uh, sorry if I fucked up your names. I need a drink of water. Thanks, guys. Cheers.